Hello, everybody. We are back again. Uh, another Tuesday for Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 240. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Chaz. I'm Zach, brother. 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 Brother, brother. HH. And uh, we are doing Andy's Eastern movies, starting off with Seven Samurai. And I didn't say Samurais because I fucked up last time. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. The reason why we didn't do it last Tuesday is because my computer has finally died. It, it's it's dead. It's right here. I have its carcass just sitting there. I'm probably going to gut it um, to see what I could salvage and possibly put it into a new body. Uh, and What did you say is wrong with it? The motherboard? Motherboard is now working, and apparently um, the solid-state drive is fucking dead. Um, which, what, brand, what brand are they? Shout them out. Tell people not to buy them. Well, no, I, I, I had this fucking computer for like 11 years, so it, it, it did me well. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's, I, I don't know how it fucking died, but it did. I, my fucking case is the size of like a mini refrigerator, so I don't understand how it just fucking died out on me. Who knows? But we are here. I am on a laptop uh, for the moment. Um, so hopefully that is going to hold up um, as far as other things that I do content creating. That's going to be on hold for probably until I get a better system. But let's get into some Seven Samurai because that movie is fucking awesome. So, well, geez, Andy, just spoil the whole thing. <laughs> so, Andy, start it off since you're, it's your pick. Um, geez, Seven Samurai. Uh, it's about Seven Samurai and they fight bandits. That's pretty much the whole movie, right? That's all. That's all there is to say about it. We're done. All right, let's let's go on. <laughs> That's the plot. <laughs> no, um, Seven Samurai is an Akira Kurosawa movie, and if you haven't heard of it, then that's silly. <laughs> it's his most famous movie. It's like one of the most famous foreign movies. Period. I guess people are always like, oh, "It's one of the best movies ever made." Oh my god. Oh my. Um, Kurosawa made a few movies that were like kind of samurai adjacent he made rashomon and a few other things and he was like man i, re- I want to make like a, a real ass period uh a real ass jidaigeki jidaigeki is the japanese word for just like period movie like legit feudal japan drama kind of thing and there there you know samurai movies are really popular how could they not be but most of them were just like you know there's a good guy there's a bad guy they have a big sword fight at the end you know basic non-chambara films is what it was called. And uh, Kurosawa said, no, I want to make like a legit three-act, three-hour drama epic with a bunch of extras. And I want to actually build a whole ass feudal village to shoot this movie in. And I want it to cost a lot of money. (laughs) So he did. (laughs) Uh, at the time it was made, this was the most expensive Japanese movie ever made. Um, I don't know how long it held on to that that moniker, but I, I know that at the time it was outrageous. Like it was, it was, it was kind of on the scale of you think about them making something like um, like Lawrence of Arabia. Like they had to hire like hundreds of extras and stuff like that. It's kind of the same thing. It's like they built that whole village. They hired all these people. There's tons of people in the first act when they go to recruit the actual samurai, they had to get all these extras to walk around in period appropriate clothing in the heat all day so they could shoot these scenes. Um, 
I don't know. It, it, did, did you guys like the movie? You all watched it. You watched three hours of it. So it's a lot of movie. I like how Kurosawa uh, builds characters in this fucking movie. Like in general, he's really good at building characters, uh, especially like each one has their own personality. Uh, I'm going to fuck up wordings here. So just bear with me. Who's the one that's like all goofy and is like the village guy? Is that kid? Ki- Kick, I can't even say it. Kikuchio. Kikuchio. Mifune. Uh, I always just say Mifune. He's played by Toshiro Mifune. It's one of Mifune's most famous roles because every time Mifune plays someone who's like even, like the the, the, the script could say he's slightly bombastic. And then Mifune's going to turn up and like do handstands and shout at everyone and just be a wild buffoon the whole time. And God damn it, I love to watch him act. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's awesome. And then, uh, the leader guy, uh, Shamita, um, Kambe, uh, the one who, like, yeah, the, the one who like shaves his ha- hair off to look like a monk to save the baby and and stuff. Played uh, by Takashi Shimura, whom we have seen on the show. He was the father in High and Low. Oh, yeah, that's right. And for that matter, Toshiro Mifune is the main character in Yojimbo, which we have also watched. Mm-hmm. That's another good film, uh, too. Uh, but those two guys like stand out to me um, because Kanbe is like fucking he's a badass guy and he's he's a true leader. It, it, and it's going to sound silly because uh, I did mention it in the Facebook Messenger chat. I was like, did Steve, Steven Spielberg like take some of this and put it into Saving Private Ryan? Because they kind of have like similar things when they're like planning out where the you know, siege is going to happen between these bandits. It's kind of like mirrors what happens in saving private Ryan, where they're like mapping out like, Oh, we're going to use sticky bombs and stuff. And we need to get to the bridge. That's our last uh, line of defense. So like I, I enjoyed the strategic uh, things that they were doing in the village. But yeah, I I mean, overall, I I love this film. Um, the the movie's kind of split into three distinct acts. They have to find all the samurai and then they're the samurai are training them. And then there's just the big the big ass battle at the end. Mm-hmm. Um people have said like Kurosawa had to write three separate movies in order to make this movie. Uh, I th- I feel like this is the kind of thing like when people try to remake Seven Samurai nowadays, they always try to break it out in this big long thing. Like I think there's a an anime called Samurai Seven, and it's like 26 episodes long, and it kind of tells the same story. Um, I never seen it. There's a there was also a video game. It's like Seven Samurai 20 XDX or something like that. <laughs> um, and of course, it was famously remade as a western too, but the western is shorter. Hmm. Chaz and Zach, what, what what do you guys uh, have to say about this film? What what do you like about it, or hate about it? Yeah, Chaz, what do you hate? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've been waiting because I'm I'm ready to talk about how this this is like the the best movie I've ever watched in my life. I don't know. I so to preface, and I, I already told Andy and Zach this when we we met, which we'll talk about later. Uh, in our, one of our other segments, but uh, I had every reason to hate this movie going in. I was sick, sleep deprived. My daughter went to bed, and like right before going to sleep, had a fever. The dogs are barking at like nonsense. It's raining outside, and making a bunch of noise. It's unnecessary. 
like just every possible little distraction or thing from keeping me from watching it. And I like within the the first few minutes again it did have some pacing it picked it picks up again it is a long movie it, it plays out but uh even quickly into that pretty much as, as soon as they they get into uh the crux of the, the problem and it starts searching for samurai and i was basically just mesmerized from the time that shimada is on on screen from the time that that scene happens onward it's just like i'm glued and i was able just to pay very clear attention to it and there's so many interweaving threads of story that happen and complexity throughout the film. Um, like there, there's just something that is actually great about the dynamic of a story. Uh, the, and again, like you said, is trying to be accurate to the period that it's in. But you know, these are these are men that are, uh, you know, that were looked at as these great warriors that have been kind of recruited to come and help out people that actually really don't care about them in some way. And the whole point is trying to teach them. And it's one of the quotes of the movie is that when it comes down to it, farmers are people who really just try to look out for themselves. And the whole point of war is if you look out for each other, you are looking out for yourself. I think to look out for oneself is to, to, to hang oneself. Isn't that, I think the, the, the saying or the, the quote that he uses, um, so the the I don't know there's a, there's a lot of complexity there where a lot of stories nowadays wouldn't focus on on something like that they were it would be way either way more contrived and and like oh there's there's like these personal vendettas and and, and unnecessary like overly convoluted backstabbing or it would be just very very straightforward and simple oh these guys are bad these guys are good oh thank you and there would be nothing there but there's just something about how Samurai are revered, but also terribly like feared and, and almost like loathed in some ways. Mm-hmm. Because, and that is just such an interesting dynamic that's held through the movie. Uh, I mean, for instance, um, I, I'm trying to remember his name. The uh, he be- he becomes uh, the uh, apprentice to Shimada. Um, the one who falls the, the kid. I, 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 yeah, it, it's kind, it's kind of a shame because. They all do have names. Uh, I've seen this movie, I know, several times, and I still just think Mifune, Takashi Shimura, the kid. Um, Kuzo, I can remember his name. He's the cool guy, but I still like think of him as Jin sometimes because I'm thinking about Samurai Champloo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy's... Yeah, we'll get back to him. Um, I go on and on. That guy's such a badass. Uh, but, well, yeah, the, the, the kid, he, uh, he has that relationship with uh, Shino... Right, she knows the the girl. Yeah, she knows the girl. Yeah, the, the is pretending to be a boy because her father Monzo, I think is yeah, is and again he just outright hates him. I mean, again it it almost fits like it's the role that they're in. It's so different than like you know in a time of oh well the color of someone's skin is like nope, I don't care if they're helping us. You you can't you can't be with him. Like being with that person is you you've effectively devalued my daughter. She's worthless now. Thank you. And she'd rather move on and, and live in shame. And what what also is great about that, touching on his character already since we're talking about him, is he is someone who comes from this this noble family 
Like they kind of just let it be subtle, but I mean, he's he comes from a family that's well to do. Like he has money, he has ways to help them, but he wants to dedicate himself to doing what he can to live the, the way of the samurai and become this, uh, you know, this great samurai to give pride to his family. And he is so eager and innocent. And the end of the movie, this this poor guy's life has just been just so fucked. Like all the people that he looks up to have died, ex- except for the the person that became his master. But he finds out why his master is so hardened in the way he is because he's experienced all these turmoils too, uh, knowing that he, they did all these things to help these people, and now these people could care less about them and could not even look at them. Uh, the fact that the the woman that he thought he was in love with now just won't even you know look at him. Uh, and he's got to move on and deal with that. And he's still very young. It's like, well, that sucks. Way of the Samurai. Next town. Yeah, I, I also looked at, like, when, you know, obviously, uh, when they were, like, saying the bad things, like how Samurai come and rape women and stuff and, you know, pillage a fucking town and stuff. I just, it reminds me of a lot of just soldiers in general. Like, you have your good soldiers, and then you also have the bad soldiers that are fucking just destroying fucking towns and shit and, and raping and pillaging and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that's how I looked at it when they were doing like the negatives of samurais. Well, Chance just made like 30 points. So we got to go back and like unpack. Something. Oh, go ahead. You, you, like, I, I will continue to do that too. You have to shut me up. Otherwise I will just unravel on all of the nonsense, but yeah, g- go ahead and get, lead it more of a, a cohesive narrative, if you will. We but on, things. on the face of it, the movie is just about, um, some farmers need some help, so they hire. I mean, killers. They're Ronin. They're masterless samurai, and they're like, you know, very skilled warriors. And they 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 abide by Bushido, and they're all honorable people, as far as we can tell. Uh, but just to fight a bunch of bandits, and that's kind of what it is. And then they train them, and there's some drama, and then there's a big fight at the end. But there's, I, I don't because there's so many characters. There's so many. Um, uh, bits of drama all throughout you know, the stuff between the kid and Shino and Shino and her father. And then um, Kikucho used to be a farmer himself. And that's why he like hates them. Um, uh, the kid looks up to uh, Shimada, but ends up like liking Kuzo. And then when Kikucho says, sees that he goes off and does his own thing. Like there's, there's so many things to unpack in the movie. And I don't really know which direction to take it specifically. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's okay. Uh, I mean, that's that's what's great about it. You could almost sit and, like kind of do sets on each individual character. Um, even even the characters who don't really seem to matter as much. Upon seeing this movie several more times, I started to notice like why the other characters matter. Like um, the guy who's just like chopping wood. I can't remember which one it is. I'm even looking at the names of all of them. I can't remember. It's Hihachi. It's Hihachi. It's I, I thought it was Hihachi, and he's Hihachi. And they say, they say, oh, he'll be, uh, he'll be a gym in dark times. He's he's a goofball. Like he's he's an okay oh. fighter, but we just like his character. And then he like dies oh, before <laughs> the bad times even come. And yeah. they, they like say it as he dies. Jesus yeah, Christ! He, <laughs> you, yeah, that's rough. It, yeah, he, they made the comment at his grave where the yeah, the first will, you said pile be, is. He, you said he'd be a shining light in dark times and. Well, the dark times are here, it, meaning, you know, the, 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 this light's gone. This is a dark situation, and it's going to get darker, and it does. 
Yeah. Uh, so, I think we talked a good bit about the, the kid already. I, I think we leave that. Kyozo's character is just so cool because he's very cold, like very just smooth, never, never, like just, I don't, I don't know, he's just, the, he's the cool character. He, everyone likes Kyozo. badass. And everyone he's has every badass. right to like Kyozo. However, there's something wrong with that character. And it's not that character's fault. It's not Kurosawa's fault. This is 1954. This movie came out, but he's like the proto Edge character. He's the Vegeta Sephiroth of Seven Samurai. He's the yeah. cool, cool well, hand kind assassin of. samurai stereotype. Is what he I, is. He's, I, I, he's too I, cool. I don't think he's, he's very silent. He's very efficient. Like one of the coolest parts of the movie is he just like runs off into the woods, and they're like, well, "What the fuck?" And then he comes back in the morning. He's like, "I killed two of them," and he brings one of their guns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they the guns, and, and the the kid's gonna go do, or uh, uh, Kikuchio is gonna go do it, and. And they say, no, he's like, no, I'll do it. And he just runs off, because I think it's who it was going to do, or the kid was going to do it. That's what it was. The kid was going to go, and they were trying to get a team. And he said, no, I'll do it by myself. He leaves. And then Kikucho right. goes to do it later, but then causes problems. And he actually leads to, uh, oh, shit, which uh, one of the deaths, which, um, which one died? Was that, that was either Hirachi or Katsushiro. Or Katsushiro, right? One, the one that died, uh. You know what I'm talking about? When Kikucho decides, he's like, oh, I could go and get a gun as well. And he does it very gun. recklessly. But then he back. leads then he leads to someone dying because of it. And, uh, and again, like, Wild it. Dog is such a good way to describe him. I think that's Hitachi, right? Because that's where, after that, they're like, the bad times haven't even happened yet. Because they were doing something recklessly where they're... Uh, he went to go save someone or something like that. And mm-hmm. it just fucked everything up and they all just, and then one got left behind and died. Um, and that really fucked things up because <laughs> that, that was before the, like they actually started like sieging the fucking village. That's, that's when they found that, that hut or whatever, where some of them hanged out, some of the bandits did or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And yeah. No, no. They, yeah. It's, he dies. Yeah, he dies, he dies way there. earlier in the movie because, yeah. and I, I guess the other character I was going to bring up. That's when they go on their own and be aggressive at the very beginning before they siege. Now, Kikucho causes someone else to die later. Like he actually yeah. leads yeah, to someone no, that's dying. Like, that's a like completely different. It's yeah. it's another character, but uh, yeah, it's much later on. Um, but he's like really upset about it. I mean, of course he is after because he realizes it's his fault because it was his own. Uh, arrogance basically he was like oh i want to be like this guy and that's how he's been the whole time right because he's not a real samurai in the term in well in terms of how they they see him like he's not underwent all the the same hardship in in the way they see it like all the same training but in his own right he's earned the right to be there but he's still very reckless i think he got kuzo killed actually is the one that he got killed no, Kyuzo died at the very end of the movie. He gets shot. It's gets like the shot most heartbreaking the... death in the whole thing. It he's like, fucking sucks. I was like so a mad motherfucker. Mad. And then right at the end, the bandit leader shoots him. And you're like, are you fucking serious? It's like right at the end. It's literally <laughs> like they just had to stop him, but he he hid with all the women and then right. killed, killed yeah. him. And that's what's heartbreaking about it because the battle's over. He dies for no reason, really. Like, I can't remember because it's, it's been over a week since I've seen it now. So no, I, I very, I, I very got a lot of shit in it. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot here, but I very vividly remember that because I was like, that is fucked. Like he dies. Uh, of course, uh, 
the kid is really upset about it, but his saving grace is thinking, oh, well, the battle's over. Now I get to be with the one I love, and Shino, and she won't even look at him. And he's like, fuck me, what just happened? Like, he's that's basically how the movie ends, and he's like, yep, that's the way. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> um, I also want to. I also oh, want to bring up. I. I also want to bring up the like when the samurai uh, come into the village. It's not like the village people are just like hiding in their houses. They put them to fucking work, man. They just said, "All right, <laughs> you want to defend your fucking village? You're gonna have to fucking defend your village." We'll they, help they become you. an army. They train them up. And yeah, yeah like one, one of the most brutal, brutal parts of the whole movie is the one bandit like gets near where all the women are hiding, and then they hack him to death with garden tools. Yeah. <laughs> like, God damn. <laughs> yeah, I also actually love those several bits. I know a lot of it has to do too with like the time, uh, like specifically more the time of when the film was made and they can only do so much, but there is just something hilarious about a guy falling off a horse and they're just like, ah, and they've had bamboo sticks and just poke, 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 poke. But at the same time, like that's also like they have these spears. They would actually hurt him and kill him. It just looks kind of silly in a way because they, they have to do what they can to make it look like they're hurting him, but they, there's no movie magic really, if that makes sense. At least at that time, you can only do it with angles. You can't like CGI it so it looks like oh he just got impaled and stabbed a bunch of times. Uh, but there are some scenes that are just hilarious where someone falls off a horse and then they just gather around him and they're like stab 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 stab. It's really fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> there's there's uh, a few there's a few lame deaths too because like there's one part where the guy's like trying to climb the fence they've made up and someone stabs him in the side and he just goes oh like like a real stupid cliche like old Hollywood death. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's almost like you could appreciate that, knowing, like, well, that's what they had to work with, but, like, it still fits for what's there. Like, stabbed and gets killed. But, yeah, there are some that are kind of ridiculous. Uh, so, uh, I want to come back to Kikuchio's character. I, I even like have, like, an article thing pulled up uh, uh, like extra information, because there, there's a lot of depth to that. But uh, If I could say one of my favorite things about him oh, real quick. Like, oh, go ahead. You know, go he's ahead. a badass, and he's like, oh, I can only I can only kill I can't kill lots of guys with one sword and stuff like that. Like he has a lot of cool moments. My favorite moment with him in the entire movie is when he's trying to ride a, a Monzo's horse or whichever farmer has a horse. And he's like, oh, doing, yeah. he's doing a really good job. And then it goes behind that building, and then just the horse comes out and he's chasing it. Yeah, and he's like limping and he's like, ah, oh, he's mad. He's throwing shit at the horse. That's one of my favorite scenes because it's hilarious and it's a character building moment for him, but also. Because I was reading about, I got this fancy pants book about all the films of Kira Kurosawa, but um, I was reading about it, and something clever this movie does is during the battle, everywhere that you see that something is taking place, they've already showed you earlier in the movie, so you understand where it is in relationship to everything else. Because again, that village they actually built; they just they just went and filmed this movie like in the Japanese countryside, mm-hmm. and it's important because later the bandits come through there on their horses and you kind of like get a feeling for where it's at. Okay. This is where those three buildings are that they had to, Mm. to section off. And I know where it is in relationship to the square. And it's, it's just, it's real clever. Like without being overly concerned about the overall layout of the village, the movie teaches you the overall, overall layout of the village. Yeah. Which is very important for like how, the battle is laid out. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because it's confusing of it. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, um, 
a, a less talented filmmaker or a lazier filmmaker would have a battle and it would just all be at that choke point. It would just all be about like they're charging and there's a big fight and he runs out and gets the gun and then they're charged there again. But no, there's fights there. There's the, there's the, the fence and then there's the blockade at the, the Creek side. And you, you kind of understand where everything. And then of course the town square, which is where they keep bringing guys in in order to trap them and kill them. Mm-hmm. You're talking about just sit there and drink your coffee. Sit in the chair, drink your coffee. Just drink your look at the screen. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another thing about that scene, it fits, I guess, as we're talking about it too. Again, it's it's heavy foreshadowing. Like there are multiple times throughout the movie it happens too, and it is very playful at first, but uh and he does that with a couple other characters where something early in the movie that happens that you think is lighthearted, like almost like a joke, like him falling off the horse, is actually foreshadowing for something he's going to do later that is going to be very costly and very heavy uh so again it just that's literally what happens the same way he acts like i can ride this horse i can do this and then he totally fails it's funny then but in the same way exact thing and it ends up with one of the men being killed because he arrogantly tries to do something and he thinks he's doing it right and he totally doesn't well Uh, but then he just makes up for it with his whole badass i'm a wild dog so fuck it i'm I'm gonna kill people anyway in the name of vengeance well, the uh, there was a little foreshadowing of the kid being all clumsy and shit because when he went into that field with the flowers and stuff, like he was playing with the flowers, but there was like some scouts that were just like creeping in and, and like scouting the area. And mm-hmm. because he was playing with flowers, he didn't catch that. And I think Cuccio, right, is the one that found the scouts, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he just like... Hey, <laughs> we have three fucking scouts here. What the fuck are you doing playing with flowers? That's and then obviously you had the uh what's his name again? I'm just gonna name Mufune uh <laughs> fucking yelling, <laughs> fucking yelling outside and shit. They're like, get in here. What, what? <laughs> They're trying what to are you be doing, quiet. dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to get him to chill out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, is, we're already talking about him. It's fine. So, you know, they pick his name because he tries to say that he's coming from that same royal family. Like, this is the name that he carries and that he is samurai. When really, again, he's he's a farmer. He was a, basically an orphan farm kid that just had to scrap to survive and then decided he was going to become a samurai because the farmer life wasn't for him. Because in his own weird way, in his own fucked up code, he is a samurai. Like, it's uh, one thing I love about the argument. I, I was looking online to see things about this, too. He is just as much, if not more, samurai than all the others, but maybe to his own detriment because he's far too prideful. Like, he, to me, he's the edgy Vegeta, what you were talking about earlier. The other guy's yeah. just way too stoic. He doesn't actually have, like, this weird edgy thing about him. He's just very cold and stoic, but he's also, like, that way to almost a calming point. Huzo or whatever. Uh, but, uh, Kikuchio actually is uh, in it's a uh, when it's a at least a boy's name. It actually means something different if it's a female versus a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in their variation, it's a chrysanthemum. It's a flower. That's right. Um, and which is the it, symbol of the emperor. It's also considered uh, the flower that represents cheerfulness, and uh, it, in its own, giving it is to represent that you're a wonderful friend. So in a in a loose translation. I don't know if that's what it stands for or means, but when I saw that, I was like, I wonder if that's what they mean by keeping him around. Because even though he is wild, they see him as being something loyal, like he's a good friend. 
Um, so I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that that, that was the name they went with and stuck with. Cause he ends up like redeeming himself. Cause at first he just kind of this little bastard that's kind of around. And then finally he actually ends up being this huge part of the movie in the second act. I mean, if it really weren't for him, there, there's a good chance that the relationship between the samurai and the, the village falls apart. All right. He, he, he's one of the most important parts of the entire movie because he makes Absolutely. him feel shame for being scared of the samurai. Exactly. Exactly. Because he knows that he, again, he's, he is the person that is the bridge between the two of them. He's both of them. He was a farmer. He was literally that family, but at the same time, he knows that the samurai, not all samurai are bad. Like just like you had said before, the, the ugliness of war is that even for those who get to write the story and act like they're the heroes, again both sides are out there doing the most god-awful things to people when they win it's just the, they get to write the rest of the story and be the hero because they're the victor that's just how that goes but not all samurai are following it there are many that follow a code of honor but unfortunately there are other warriors other fighting wars that won't follow that but to farmers everyone's that way um and well, you know real real quick just to the, uh, as an aside to the thing you were talking about with his name i hadn't heard all that other stuff about it meaning cheerful good friend and stuff like that but um, the fact that it's a it's a word that means chrysanthemum, and the chrysanthemum is the symbol of the Japanese emperor, so it, it's a little more subtle than this. But it's the equivalent of if I made a movie about like the Revolutionary War, and I had a character in it who was named like Bald Eagle Democracy. It's like <laughs> it's it's that kind of shit. Like he's not a samurai, but he's got a name that is the representation of you know the god on earth emperor of Japan, like. Mm-hmm. Come on, that's an brainer. It's, it's just cool. <laughs> well, I think it's also why, and for them, as context, they like laugh about it because they think it's laughable that he has this name too, right? Yeah, they hear it. And they're like, that's not true. There's no fucking way. <laughs> 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 Bullshit. Well, what's your real name anyway? And he's like, oh, oh, legal democracy. It's a fucking stupid name. That's not your name. It's it's that kind of thing. And you can then, name your name. Yeah. Liberty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's good, but uh, we haven't talked enough about the first act of the movie. I think. Like, the first mm. act of the movie has all the best, like, character nonsense in it. And that's not to say the rest of the movie doesn't have fantastic character development and, and stuff mm-hmm. about uh, honor and boastfulness and stuff like that. Um, I love the fact that they're, like, uh, you know, testing people when they come in. And I can't remember who it is. I think it's Shichiroji. He doesn't even come in. He just he just looks at uh, Takashi Shimura and is like, surely you jest. Like, oh, I'm not going to fall that. <laughs> Yeah, he sees the shadow first that he's coming in, and and is like, "Really? No, come on, come on!" Yeah. And that that's really cool because the guy before him like walks in and then oh, artfully like deflects it and, and flips the kid, and he's like, "Guess what, motherfucker!" And uh, he's a badass, but he doesn't join them because mm-hmm. you know he's skillful, but he's not like. I mean, I don't want to use the word honorable because I feel like we'll we'll drive that right into the ground. But he he's not, um, he's a warrior, but he's not a samurai. If that makes sense. And yeah. then, then they find someone who's like not only a good warrior, but he avoids conflict where he sees it possible to do so. And mm-hmm. you know, I like this guy. This guy needs mm-hmm. to join us, and then he does. Well, they also do like oh, I don't want to fucking save farmers. Like, <laughs> like what? What are you going to give me? Food? I could just get food here. <laughs> yeah. Like, so you have those samurais, and like every you- single character. Their their uh, motivation is one of the most important. I mean, of course, motivation is an important part to a character, but even more so in this because the motivation doesn't really make a lot of sense beyond being a good person, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
I, I want to hear from Zach. Zach, do you have anything you, you want to bring up about this film? Um, yeah, like, uh, let me see. I'm, I'm going to talk about the stuff I really liked about it. Of course, uh, Toshiro Mifune, I really liked in it. Uh, but this movie in particular, because I've seen him in like other stuff, but like this one, I'm you've like, seen him on Rashomon. You've seen him at his most bombastic. <laughs> I get, yeah, he was very bombastic in that too. But um, it didn't really register with me that time. But like when I watched him in this, I'm like, he's just like a really good actor. He's very good at projecting his his energy at the the camera, mm-hmm. and therefore at everybody that's watching. Uh, and yeah, just all those, all those great moments he had, like, you know, where he was messing around with the kids, but like, kind of like getting them to behave and shit. Um, the thing with the horse, that was awesome. Uh, and, uh, all the real serious character moments he had, like when he was talking about, like, oh, uh, farmers always hoard and hide things and they act like they have nothing. And that whole rant, you're right. But yeah, that whole rant he had where he, he was talking about how he hates farmers and shit. And then, yeah. And then the thing in Chaz's name, the, the little little tag underneath where the, there's like a house that's burning or whatever. Like they go, there's the old man, uh, which by the way, he was also one of my favorite characters, even though he didn't do very much in the movie. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I great commie. I don't know. Yeah, great commie. <laughs> Every time they went to, but yeah, basically, <laughs> every time they went to talk to him, it had like that really old traditional Japanese drum like music thing going, and and he would be he would be very wise and shit, and tell them what to do. Basically, I don't know why I was those scenes were always cool, but um, like the rest of his family or whatever went to go get him, and he just stubbornly decided to die in that house, I guess, and. Uh, Kikichio is like, oh, they went over there. He sees the house is burning and he finds like the baby in the, like, I think he was in the water or near it or something. In the water. Yeah, he was in the water. And then he like, he freaks out. He's like, this baby, it, it, it's me. <laughs> like, and that realize, that's when you realize, oh, he, he really was like some farm orphan because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sa- Samurai fucking plowed his farm. And <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. there are, for me, there are three precise moments in this movie that are just heartbreaking. Yeah. I think I think I cried during two of them. So I was really in tune for this movie. I cried during that scene. Like it just hit like, just not not sob or anything crazy, just like a tear hit. I was like that's man tears. That was man tears. Man tears. That that sucks. <laughs> like him seeing the cycle of just violence that literally has like ruined his life and but also shaped him to do what he had done. But he, he realizes now he's fighting for more than just himself or honor. He's trying to fight to make sure that all of these kids don't end up like how he was. Yeah. He kind of, he realizes uh, that he, he has an arc. <laughs> right. Yeah. This, exactly. He has his moment that this is, this is his moment. Yeah. So he, he realizes, Oh, there's more that defines me. Uh, but uh, there's that. Uh, of course, cues are getting shot. Cause it's just like, Oh, it's a, there's such injustice to that. It just fucking sucks. Uh, but then uh, we haven't talked about his character, Rikichi, who is the one that helps, really drive this whole story anyway oh, his at wife. first just yeah, yeah he's just so tired of it he's like i have nothing else to lose i can't deal with this i'd rather die i need to do something and it's just that that need to try to survive and, and change something otherwise what's the point 
is what leads them to getting the help anyway. And that's why the, the old man, you know, wants him to go and get the help. But finding out that his wife, you know, he's like quiet and doesn't really talk when they like mess with him about him not having a wife to go home to. And he gets mad about it. And then they try multiple times to get him to talk and he really won't say anything. And it's not yeah. that his wife's dead. I just assume maybe his wife had been killed by bandits. No, nope, yeah. they, they kidnapped her. Yeah, it's way worse. Like she even that's actually the scene that sucks is she sees that the building's on fire and what does she do? She sits there and she smiles. Like she's like, "Well, at least I'm I'm going down with this and they'll all die. This is great." And then it's like know. that meme of the dog sitting in the apartment while the house is on fire. Oh, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> Yeah, so, so and then of course she comes out and she sees him and and he knows that she's alive and and then she's not. But. And then his hysterics are what causes a death. Yes. Yeah, his, yeah, his hysterics yeah, are what lead to um Hihachi dying. Hihachi dying. Yeah. yeah. Hihachi Mishima died, yeah. Hihachi Mishima. Well, it wasn't a exactly. volcano, but it wasn't yeah. fire. <laughs> Thank you. It wasn't a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> Flames were involved. <laughs> No, I uh, I think one of the saddest parts of the movie are um, he says, "Where did you get the spear?" Kikuchi does, and they take him oh. to where they have all the shit, and he takes it. He brings it. Look at all! I got all this samurai jazz. Check this out! Oh, this is gonna look great. You should wear this. And they're like, "Where did this come from?" And the realization comes that they have yeah. murdered, defeated samurai, and taken their belongings. And the samurai say, "Oh, I don't even want to help them now." These guys are murderers. This, they're they're horrible people. I I think I think it's Kizo who says I don't even want to help him now. And oh, he's around just, thinking about it. He doesn't even say that. He says I want to I, I want to kill, kill him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. There, that is the one edgy thing he really says. Other than like, and it's like he it's just very decisive on no. I want to I want to kill them. Uh, I, yeah. I thought someone maybe him says something about despising weakness in in men at some point. I thought uh, it was so, him. <laughs> I, I think that's when Mifune's character just like that's when we get the realization like he was a farmer. But yeah, that's that's the most emotional part in my book is when they're all like pissed off and they're t- thinking about not even helping them. And Kikicho's like, "You fucking assholes! I can't believe that you're thinking about doing this." It's samurai who are like destroying their entire world, like. To trample their, mm-hmm. their farms and burn down their buildings do? and all this stuff. Because at this point, it's like 15, I don't know, something in Japan at this point. And there have been like civil wars for like 70 years at that point, like mm-hmm. just nonstop. It, it, was, it was a turbulent time in Japanese history. And uh, that's why there's so many masterless samurai because their masters are defeated. And so they're just like out there just looking for something to do now. And yeah. uh, so he says, you know, this is so selfish of you. Like you're what drove them to do this. Yeah. That's for me. That That's the emotional heart of the movie right there. Oh, I know. I agree. It, it's emotional. I, but I think in a different way, like I'm charged to watch it, but I didn't get emotional as in like I was upset or it hit me. It, it didn't hit the feels in the same way, I guess. Uh, it, it does for me. It's like, it's just yeah. that, um, it's that desperation born of despair that mm-hmm. makes you take another man's life. Just, just because you, you need, you need to survive. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah. I think what hits it home as far as emotional is the literal ending of the movie where like the, the village, it's just you and me again, old friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see the village, they're all happy. Like, Oh, they won, but we actually fucking lost. And it just zooms out and you see the fucking, the swords into, in the dirt and stuff. Oh, the or, yeah. Yeah. That, that, 
that shot of of the the mounds of the graves is just yeah mm. yeah no I, I would agree I mean again and it's to to put more praise on that speech that speech itself effectively going twofold like he starts with yelling about how how they basically are monsters but then says but you made them this way like again yeah. it, it, it's, it was masterful in how it was done um yeah i i don't know i mean my who's your favorite who's your favorite of the there. seven we can keep talking who's the best samurai Gucciu. yeah I, i'm insane <laughs> no yeah. i'm I mean, you know, hold on. who's my favorite character or who's the best samurai? It's two different questions. Who's, who's your favorite? Who's your who's favorite? favorite? Kikuchio. Okay. Yeah. I, I had, <laughs> it, question. The, yeah, it's the first the first time I watched it was the same, and honestly, it still kind of is. But man, I really like Takashi more in this movie because he's like the boss, and he's always. I, I really like that. Uh, man, he's such a nice guy, and everyone really likes this guy. And then the one, uh, the one farmer is like, everyone across the river, come with me, and he like flips out and like yeah. yells at them and it's like that that to me is that's a great leader because everyone mm-hmm. really likes him and he's really great but he's a little standoffish and then when it's time to like crack the whip he cracks it hard he says no fucking way if we're gonna win you're all gonna listen to me and we're all gonna do this the more i see the more the more i see the movie the more i start seeing what everyone else has to offer and plus i, I also have a, a soft spot for hayachi i wish he was in the movie more he's so great yeah <laughs> oh yeah the, the the fencer of the woodcutting school that's right i liked i liked yeah. all of them though really uh but yeah uh the other thing i i when i was watching this movie because this is the first time i've ever seen it uh I was watching Mifune be Kikuchio and stuff and all of his mannerisms. Like, you know, he's like always like scratching himself, Mm -hmm. looking kind of like bored and shit or the way he kind of like stands or he's crouching or something. It's like this guy, this character uh, is like the inspiration for all these other rogue samurai characters and like, all these video games and anime and manga and shit. It comes That's from the so characters that look like him. Yeah, the wild dog. I mean, again, again, going back to my Kuzo uh, uh, is Jin. Uh, Kikucho is Mugen. Yeah. From, yeah. From That's Mugen. exactly what I was going to say. Mugen <laughs> is Kikucho. Jin is, yeah, Kuzo. And then, like, Mitsurugi from Soul Calibur is basically Kikucho if he was actually a samurai. Yeah. It's all the same fucking like yelling shit and the way he holds a sword and some of the other stuff that he says. Uh, there, he even has the many, look. He kind of has the look a little bit. There's so many little subtle things about his character. Like his sword is so fucking massive. I love his sword. It's so massive. But it's yeah, literally. But He's it's got a really Zanabato. Toe. He's like the insane. only guy that has one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is true, but I had heard at some point that the sword he carries, I mean, obviously it's not a regular katana, but I think it's a cavalryman's katana. It can reach further from horseback. Mm-hmm. So the sword he has is wrong. Like he just but, like found it and it's like, this sword's big. I like this one. But and that's that, exactly that's what, what he is. But that's what's <laughs> hilarious. It's literal compensation. He finds he finds a massive sword. He wants to be a samurai. Yeah, he so he's like, I'll carry this around. So he settled for this. This yeah, and he actually just, it looks cool. Yeah, this, this sword's actually an anti-cavalry sword. It's for killing horses. It, it's for yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, that makes more sense anyway. But uh, yeah, so I was like, oh rad, he's got a zampato. I like him. Like, yeah, <laughs> before he even said anything, I was just like, he's got the he's got the biggest sword. So I like. I him love the, the way best. he carries it too, like up on his shoulder. Yeah, he's got like that little little rope, and he's mm-hmm. able to like carry it that way. Which, which I'm sure that was probably how a lot of 
people carried it to back then because it's so damn long. Yeah. Oh, um, and, the, and the first act, they there was a samurai showdown pretty much between these two samurais. Well, who who was fighting? Kyuzo and the the dumbass who who thought he may have won. They did the the yeah, like, wooden sword. And they were like, oh, yeah, he was like, oh, it was a draw. And he's like, no, you, it, the, no, if you definitely would have died. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was so cool. But I was like, no, you would have died. And the guy's like, no, I want to fight you for real. He's like, listen, just cut your losses, man. You're going to die. Like, you don't want to do this. And then he challenges him. He's like, all right, you're fucking die. And then he kills him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, way, that's, that's way nice. That's, that's literally your intro to that character. That tells like you right the way, there he's a badass. like the way that played out, too. It was like he just, they, they charged. And fucking slashes him, and then it just shows this the scene of that guy falling over into a heap with like no sound, and it's like slow motion for some reason. It's really fucking cool. Yeah, like yeah. And every filmmaker in Japan was like, "I'm gonna rip this off forever." Yeah, <laughs> so the second time I think they do the slowdown because the first one is whenever Shimada takes down the guy as the monk. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. the very first one they do it. I remember seeing. I was like, "Am I fucking high?" Did they no. slow down? <laughs> but yeah, it's really fucking cool. Uh, and again, you're kind of seeing it from the perspective of the kid, right? Because he's the one that's like there. I mean, they're all watching it, but he's the one that's like really into it and trying to like pay attention to what's going on. And you're watching the whole thing out. And so you're thinking the same thing he is. Oh, he's a badass. Yeah. So then like it just leads to the story. Like you just every time you're seeing him do something really important, like other than like Again, the, the minor things where he's, uh, um, like, their quotes, like the whole thing with him being upset about the farmers and stuff. Anytime he does one of these, like, really cool things, the kid's watching him. He's there, so he sees it too. And that's an important thing because the whole point is, like, oh, this maybe this guy should actually be my master. Like, there's almost that Dallas. He's following Shimada, but he's like, oh, I can learn from him too. He And he tells him he's such a great man and all these things. And, and it just the, literally builds up to that That's one of, of the best parts is when the kid and Kikcho are, like, in the tree or whatever. He's like, oh, he's so cool. He didn't even boast. Kikcho's like, uh, whatever. I didn't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, deal. He's, like, scratching himself. Like, what yeah, he's, <laughs> Bro, I, I can do that. That's But that's why his character's so great because he's, he's just – he's so grounded like it's just very it feels so real like that that is how most people would be like fuck him i don't care yeah i could do that like <laughs> he, and he totally can or he would but at great cost mm. uh he did do yeah. it he just did he didn't do it as good yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't he did it with a little extra pizzazz because i love that he sits down next to the guy and has a conversation with him He's like, hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah. it's like but when I was watching. If he wasn't such a cocky fucking prick, he just couldn't run the guy through and be done. But no. Oh yeah, but he had to be. A, but that's that's the point. He's he's learning the whole thing. Um, I mean, shit. Is he Goku? Kai, he's Goku and Vegeta. Yeah, see, he's Goku and Vegeta. He's Gogeta. He's the worst of Gogeta. both of them, but also the best. That's the dumb shit Goku would do. It's just like be cocky about it, be like, "Yep, I'm gonna let you live, you dumbass." Or do, and then he would pay for it for being too cocky. But then the more traditional would be the the Vegeta. Of, oh yeah, this this will show you. Uh, uh, I, I love his character. And then of course, like there's the like the iconic picture after he or the shot after he finds the armor that he's gonna wear, and he just decides, you know what, I'm gonna Donald Duck it. I'm just not wearing anything. Like that's so distracting. <laughs> it's funny though because I see that and I'm thinking, oh, he's he's doing the Dark Souls run. That's immediately what I thought. 
sword and fucking Lloyd call and he's like I think that's let me solo her uh, <laughs> that's let me solo oh. them yeah, oh, it, I I don't even want to talk. Like, I knew this this movie is so for me. I I have not watched uh, any Kurosawa movies. So I'm new to this. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm yeah. So this is my virgin eyes watching all this, which is great. I get, I'm so excited to to watch more. But I'm actually I, gonna uh, I'm actually gonna build my Kurosawa collection because I fucking dig his work, dude. It's so oh, good. Same, same. Even just like how things are shot in certain ways, I I love it. But uh. This this movie, of course, as it's an inspiration to so many other people that have come after it in any medium uh, of art. Uh, th- this uh, uh, is an inspiration uh, for the the uh, creator of the Dark Souls series, and it's very fucking obvious. Like, there's so much that's in the games that's subtle that's there. Even uh, like certain items that are in those games that are actually just, they have no other reason to be there other than, oh, it's just reference to uh, this movie. <laughs> That's fucking cool. Uh, but yeah, and well, I really want to play uh, Ghost of Tsushima now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I really just want to play that game on Kurosawa mode. Where That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put Japanese audio on, and I'm going to play it in Kurosawa mode. I, straight up. I turned on Sekiro. Uh, and, and and then I died, and I said, "No, I can't do this." I'm not getting frustrated because I, you know, want to be a samurai. Dubs, you would have been a light in dark times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Because you died early. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, do we have anything bad to actually say about the movie? I mean, no. can we go ahead and just say 10 out of 10? It's the perfect movie. Everyone in their life should watch this at least once. If they I'll be didn't. fair. I'll be fair. It's a little long. It's a little, little long. <laughs> hey, a little is there, long. Was there like different cuts in this movie and like some shit got restored? Because uh, yes. I noticed online it had a much shorter runtime than what I ended up watching. <laughs> there is a version of this movie that like got popular in the United States in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And they cut it down because like, oh, Americans are going to sit still for three hours to watch the same right horse shit. So <laughs> a lot of people saw that. Meanwhile, in Japan, I think there was a version that would run like they did the same thing that American theaters did, where there would be an A movie and a B movie. And they were yeah. like, well, this movie's too fucking long. We can't show anything with this. So they would cut it down. But I think think i remember reading what they would do is just cut it at the intermission and they'd be like come back next week to see the second half of seven samurai so well, that, that makes a lot of sense well the other thing that was big too is i mean advertising up until a certain point was i mean a, a, even now even movie theaters it's still heavy but there used to be like heavy heavy uh like links of advertising before a movie uh, even that we don't really know about. Uh, so I would wonder, and not even like for other movies, it could be for anything, right? That's how they would advertise like recruitment for military, other stuff back in the 50s, uh, 40s and 50s and whatnot. But uh, I would wonder how much of that plays into it as well. It's like, okay, well, you just sat there half an hour of previews and then they would show a three-hour movie. So they're like, eh, you just come back again and you just see another 30 minutes of previews and then watch this. But I tell you what, I want to read, because uh, I bought the book Shogun. Now I kind of want to read it. <laughs> it's been on my list for years. I, I've never picked it up, though. Yeah. But uh, my final thoughts. I, I, it's amazing. <laughs> I I fucking dig this movie. Um, we've actually like talked. You talked about like picking this movie 
a dozen times for this show. I, I kept putting it off. Like I, there were a few opportunities. There were there were chances I could bring it up, but I made you guys watch High and Low instead. And then hmm. there was another chance, but I chose you, Jimbo, because it's shorter. But no, it's time, baby. We're we're going whole hog this month. And honestly, it was really ballsy of me to put this first because it's going to be followed with a bunch of movies that are supposedly not as good. But I I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun these coming weeks. Yeah, I highly recommend it. So. That's my final thoughts on it. Andy, I'm sure you're probably going to recommend it. Yeah, of course I am. Like, I kind of fucking, fucking big old art print of this movie, of one of the best moments in the whole movie right there. Man. Like this movie? <laughs> <laughs> A light recommendation. It's okay. Watch it drunk. Watch it drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's wonderful no this movie's great buy it and watch it every year for the rest of your life that was my plan so far so good that, that sounds good I, I can get down on that it does feel like an, a thing that I would want to come back to after so many moon cycles mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I highly recommend it uh, for me I think a big thing too is being able to pick up and see how so many things that I I loved growing up as a kid and even now as an adult that I found through what I've watched, read and even played in a video game is so inspired by this movie. Yes. Big time. Like that. It's the, it's like the origin of all of it. Going back to see that. It's yeah. like, well, no yeah. fucking wonder. Like, uh, yeah, definitely recommend anyone should just watch this movie, regardless of what they're into or not. Cause there's so much to learn about it. it but oh. it, from that too, filmmakers, like this should be a movie everyone studies because there's so much to learn about how I think they do <laughs> lay out a plot. Yeah, they do exactly. See, the people that we we like watching their films, they they tend to say, "Oh yeah, I love this movie." And and uh, was it you that said that uh, Spielberg always had like so many movies he went back to? It was like well, this, yeah, Dub the Searchers. Said, Dub said, "Did Spielberg look at this movie before he made uh, um, Save Him and I was like, I wonder if he did. So I started Googling it, and I found a quote from him where he says, every time I'm about, I'm about to make a new movie, I sit down and watch, what did he say? He said, uh, The Searchers, Seven Samurai, and I can't remember what the other two were. But he said he watches the same four movies right before he starts like the pre-production process. So mm-hmm. in other words, yes, I think so. <laughs> mm. Zach. Uh yeah, I liked it pretty well. Uh, I recommend it. Uh, I it's funny because when I got done watching it, I was like, "That was really good," but I didn't have like this huge, amazing. Oh my god, it changed my life reaction to it. Like I thought I was going to or something. Mm. Uh, I talked about that a little bit with some other people, uh, and I guess if, if going back to what we were talking about a little bit, is there anything you didn't like? I guess one of the things I don't like about this movie is this this huge reputation it has. <laughs> Because maybe if I didn't, if I was completely ignorant to it, I probably would have reacted bigger uh, than I did. <laughs> yeah, I think part of that is, like I said, this movie got real popular, like in on college campuses in the seventies and eighties and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it is. I think one of the greatest films ever made. But it now has that inflated, you know, Citizen Kane kind of mystique to it and like when you finally see citizen kane you're like well yeah it's a really good movie i don't know if it's the best movie ever made or not and it's got that going on as well like it's it it doesn't reach out of the screen and like you know teach you how to be a better person it's just a great (laughs) piece of filmmaking well i yeah 
I, I think what I like about Kurosawa is that he puts time into character development. Not a uh-huh. lot of fucking act, uh, not actors, not a lot of directors do that anymore. One day, one day I'm going to make you guys watch Akiru and just everything's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched like, you know, the three other of his movies before this one. Uh, two of them, Andy mentioned High and Low and uh, High and Low is Jimbo. so good. I love and that movie. I watched Rashomon too before that, and I really liked Rashomon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's still my favorite one he's done so far. But if I've you want, watched. if you want to understand film, I think you can watch Rashomon, Yojimbo, and Seven Samurai, and you're you've got like ninety percent of it. But yeah, but like what I, what I was saying was like I like all three of those better than this movie, uh, but it's still really good. And I even went as far to go. Uh, I went and watched. This gets into. This cuts out a little bit of what I was talking about, what I did uh, until this episode. I went and watched The Magnificent Seven uh, for the first time, the original one. So continuing the old Western thing we just got off of, because <laughs> like, well, I'm going to watch Magnificent Seven now, because it's just kind of like a version of it. It's kind of a remake of, of it as a Western. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked it just about as much as this movie. Uh, and... It was like, no, it's not some weird cultural difference thing. It's just that's just how I reacted to it. So, <laughs> yeah. I, oh yeah, I, I should have mentioned that. Which I was going to mention it in my, um, what did we play to or watch? I, I also watched the Magnificent Seven, and yeah, they. I mean, obviously they compare because I mean that's the, the same story, but there there are differences in it. But um, things are some things are similar, some things are different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, Definitely some similarities. But yeah. Yeah. It's really good, too. Go but watch that, you too. watched A Bug's Life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was actually kind of interesting to think about. The whole the whole thing of A Bug's Life is literally Seven Samurai, but yep. in Pixar form, mm-hmm. uh, which is great, because I want to know who Heimlich is. He's a beautiful butterfly. He's and... a Goro, Gorobe. That's, that's who he is. Oh, the big, yeah, big happy guy? Yeah, the big happy fat guy, guy who kills happy people happy with arrows. Guy. It was awesome. I'm like... <laughs> That makes sense. Oh that guy's so happy. He's sniping people with a fucking bow and arrow. <laughs> when it's time to get serious, he gets serious. Yeah. So. I, I look up the Steven Spielberg films, by the way. Lawrence of Arabia, It's a Wonderful Life, The Searchers, and Seven Samurai. Okay. I, list. I had to know. Yeah, it's a pretty good list pretty, of movies. pretty fucking solid list. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. We haven't picked that yet for Christmas. Well, movie. before before I make a new movie, I watch Troll 2, Face Off, uh, uh, and, uh, Jesus Christ! Uh, the bird and, and the room—that's what I watch. And then I do my best to replicate nothing that I've seen. <laughs> what? <not to> do? <laughs> also, Samurai Cop. Sometimes I shake it up and I watch Samurai Cop. Oh, man, that movie's awesome. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I watch that this month. <laughs> yeah, All you right. should have included that as the bonus. No, we've already seen it. Uh, Andy, I'll put up the splash. Uh, what is the second movie? We're gonna watch Hara Kiri. Now. Harry, this, Harry, Harry, Harry Kiri. Um, something interesting. I, I I always bring up the IMDb for the movie we're watching. If you scroll down for Seven Samurai, it's like, hey, here's some more movies you might like that are like this. Uh, Rashomon. Okay. Uh, Yojimbo, which we've seen. Great. Uh, the Good, Bad, and the Ugly. We just watched that. And Hara Kiri. So even IMDb thinks this is a very good segue. We're gonna watch. Harakiri from 1962. This movie is way shorter. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. So remember to watch that and then come back here and we will talk about it. Uh, But 
like always, we always have the last word, and we always have an ad before that, so here we go. Wrestling nerds, wrestling weebs, wrestling fans, if you're looking for a different kind of podcast, one that goes over actual big wrestling news, I mean real stories, not somebody getting divorced or baseless rumors or whatnot, and get some color, we got that. We also do reviews of wrestling from the past, but sometimes we also do wrestling from the modern day too. If it's something that interests us at the time. Other than that, I would say the main attraction is just three guys who have been lifelong wrestling fans doing what wrestling fans do. Cutting up, cracking jokes, and just enjoying the entertainment wrestling can provide. However that comes. If you want to catch Getting Some Color, you can catch it bi-weekly on Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, usually. It nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it, dude. Exactly at an hour, you started that commercial. Yes. It will add. It was it was nice. <laughs> Take that, top. WWE. Learn to format your fucking TV. <laughs> <laughs> I went to, you didn't see this, Andy, but I went to a whole rant in the wrestling chat about that today. Yeah. About formatting TV and making it more fucking palatable to like people that watch it on TV. Yes, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about that on Getting Some Color. Uh, we're talking about one thing, but we're still up in the air, and what we're doing is either going to be Backlash or a Super Brawl, what, four? Four. We're going to settle it here now because, oh. yeah, we'll get to like what, what we did over the week and everything. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. fair. I, I, there we go. Before, before this episode ends, we will make a decision and, and announce it one way or another. Fuck there, it, will, there will be color. ECW and fucking ninety four is trash, but uh, uh yeah, let me Thursday <laughs> spoilers. Fucking save it, save the vitriol. Yeah. yeah, watch it with us and we'll listen to us talk about how bad it is. We'll say what you're thinking. I yes. heard they couldn't even afford cameras. Oh my god, a fucking <laughs> snooker. Fuck you, um, Dubs. What'd you watch? Play or do? Come on, no yeah, let's, let's move on. We're all upset now. We watched CW. That's what we watched, and we're pissed about it. Yeah, I watched ECW, but I'll talk about that on getting some color. Uh, I w- played Army of Two because I don't know. I I had it and I popped it into my fucking console and it worked. And I was he like, missed, Holy he missed two thousand seven. Yes, I missed 2007. <laughs> the only thing that sucks is like the, uh, there used to be like online co-op, but obviously that game is they don't have uh, support for it anymore. So I'm playing with like a dumb AI. Oh, you know? that's no fun. That's how I played it was with a friend online. Yeah, that game. That game's still like good looking um, for a 2007 game. Uh, I just I miss original ideas like that. Army of Two was such a fucking like the aggro uh, uh, game mechanics that they had going on with that, and then obviously since Gears of War came out around that time, that was like third person over like you know you put the gun over the wall and shoot and stuff. And kill that switch, was, kill switch, yeah, did that first bitch. Yeah, kill kill switch. Oh my god, that game's fucking cool too. I want to. Yeah, you said it. I love that game. Yeah. <laughs> um, other things, I'm fucking messing around with my computer that died on me, so. I was like, why is it dead? It, it sucks because I had like a huge ass Steam library. Thank God I had like the Steam Deck so I could play some of my games on there. Uh, but eventually I am going to get a, a gaming PC because I want that. I want my Steam library. And plus, I also have all my emulators and ROMs on my hard drives that I uh, want to play. Because I, I have the Punisher for fucking PS2 on there. <laughs> I want to fucking play that game. That game's awesome. 
but yeah, movie wise, I'm trying to think. Oh, I watched um, some Apple shows. I Echo Three is about two special ops. There's a brother and a brother-in-law. Um, the wife goes to Columbia and uh, she gets kidnapped. And she's like, there's like some subplots of her being like CIA and shit. And that's why she was kidnapped. And literally this two brother, uh, uh, well, the brother and the brother-in-law, since they are special ops, they like fucking blow up a whole fucking prison area and kill like also innocent civilians to save this one person. So it's like a fucked up show, but I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, I watched the show Silo. Um, it's about a dystopian society, post-apocalyptic uh, world where every all humans are living in missile silos. And there's something strange where you're not allowed to say, I want to go outside. Because if you want to go outside, it's against the law. And you have to go clean the, the sensor on the camera um, to show that the outside world is fucked up, but you don't know if it's really fucked up. Uh, and every time they watch someone go outside, they die automatically. And that's so far what's happened on episode one and two. Oh, so it's something. like, they don't know if it's legit or not. It's kind of like a, yeah, it's like a, what if like what's going on? Like people inside are starting to like question things now, like shadows on a cave wall. Is it, is it, good out there and like there's like secret entrances that they're finding like tunnels and stuff and like obviously they they separate the rich with the poor people and they have that dystopian stuff going on uh but that's what i've been doing um andy what about you uh i decided it was finally time to play another FromSoft game I played Dark Souls and loved it. And I was like, I'm going to go play something else. So I played Armored Core for Answer. <laughs> That's not what you were expecting to hear, was it? <laughs> Bitch, from software, man, all the Armored Core games. You forgot, didn't you? <laughs> I'm so excited for Armored Core 6. <laughs> no, yeah, I saw the gameplay trailer. I saw the gameplay trailer for Armored Core 6. I was like, holy shit, I want to play that game. Actually, yeah. I want to play Armored Core right now. And, uh, <laughs> I don't have to wait. <laughs> the prices on all the Armored Core games shot up, which pisses me off. Because I kept being like, I'll buy them later, I'll buy them later. And they were all like you know, $15 or something. But I, luckily, I already owned Armored Core for Answer, which uh, after I did a little research, people agree is one of the best ones. So good job, me. Uh, Miyazaki worked on this one, which is really interesting. Like, I can almost feel his influence, but maybe not. Uh, all the mechs have big feet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It does have a dodge button. There's a dodge button in this game. There's a dodge dodge roll on the Mac. That's what I want to see. But uh, <laughs> the game's fun. It's a 360 PS3 game, so the graphics are there, but they're not. Like, Japanese games from that era have this weird, unpolished kind of feel to them. It's a lower quality. Yeah. yeah. And But the gameplay is there. Yes. So... That's perfect. Like that's that's kind of what I was in the mood for. Like it's kind of silly because all the uh, environments are like barren. They're supposed to be. It's like a semi post apocalyptic setting. It's like the the surface of the earth has been like nuked and charred into oblivion, and people just live in these like arcs that float up in the upper stratosphere 
Uh, in the original Armored Core, it was underground where everyone lived, but now the draw distance is a thing there up in the sky. And uh, you, you pilot your your big old scary robot, and you go down to the surface, and there's like industrial settings, and you're just big giant walking fortresses. That, I don't know, the game's cool. I like it a lot. It's a lot of fun. So not to interrupt you slightly, I just think this would be a real cool tidbit for you to know. I think you'd think it's neat. So the original from software like Dark Souls game was Demon Souls for PS3. No, it was Kingsfield. Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. So Demon Souls was a commercial flop in Japan. It yeah. fucking bombed. And the number one reason they hated it was because it felt too smooth and polished. <laughs> what? <laughs> and it was the same timing. I thought it was hilarious. You said what you did. Uh, like they had a very specific theme of what they liked and how their games were. They wanted it to operate a certain way. They felt like just it was very out of place and didn't fit. Uh, but the reason why the game picked up is because when it released in the West and they could, didn't really advertise much, it just picked up and became a cult hit. And they rolled with it and thought, you know what? All right, we'll do it. And then Dark Souls became what it is. Thank so. God, yeah. Yeah. Wow. They did the opposite of what Square Enix usually does. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you should like listen this? to foreign markets. Wow. Never again. <laughs> because, like, but, uh, microtransactions. But, yeah, if you can if you can lay hands on an Armored Core game, uh, give it a shot. I, I The series is really underappreciated, but it's getting a huge spotlight shown on it right now because, you know, Elden Ring came out and, like, blew everyone's dick stiff. And now everyone's excited for Armored Core Six, which I'm, I, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy that game. <laughs> well, That's well, a done deal. But for now, I'm enjoying for answer. Will Armored Core Six be the Dark Souls of mech games? Whoa! I don't know. I don't know if I'd want it to be that. I just remember playing Armored Core Three for PlayStation One. Yeah, I played that. That's the yeah. last Armored Core game I actually played. No, I'm pretty sure Three was on PS Two. Was it two then, Armor? Was it or the original Armor Core? On Armor PS1 Core then? One, Master of the Arena, and Project Phantasm are on PS One. PS Two okay. has Armor Core Two, and then Armor Core Two: Another Age. So maybe Armor okay. Core Three, and then Last Raven, and a couple others I forget about, and then Armored Core Four, and For Answer, and Five, and Verdict Day are all on 360 and PS Three. Uh, well, I stand corrected. This man, this Ooh. man's got it. So it must have just been the original. I've done a lot of research in. lately because I'm like, well, which one's the good one? Can I afford I just, any of these games anymore? I desperately want a copy of the one on PS1 because I played it so much as a kid, but at a mm -hmm. friend's house, I never owned it. But uh, I played the hell out of Armored Core 2 and 3. I still own those, and I still have my save. In fact, there, there was a running gag between me and a friend. Our um, mechs were named Stan. And I think his was named Dan or something like that. Something that rhymes with Stan. So to this day, whenever I like it now and when I'm playing Armored Core for answer, my uh, AC, my Armored Core is named Stan Mark Three. <laughs> just, just something <laughs> stupid. But uh, nice. Yeah, Armored Core is fun. That's the only video game I've been playing. Um, I'm gonna. I'll talk about the. F1 stuff at the end, I guess. Um, I, I wasn't in the mood to like watch. Luckily, I watched Seven Samurai, and then I had some like personal strife, and I didn't really feel like. Sometimes you just want to turn your brain off and watch like comfort television. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I watched. Sorry. I watched. I'm laughing at strife. Strife. I'm not uh, laughing at that. I'm laughing at like I, I can see the list on the docs. So like you're talking about it, and I'm like the balance of Seven Samurai in this. Exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. I watched Seven Samurai, and then a couple days later, I was like, "Fuck, life sucks. I really need something to comfort me. I need like 
I need the television equivalent of like a big bag of Funyuns. So I watched seasons one through seven and the first movie of Trailer Park Boys <laughs> again. <laughs> I've seen Trailer Park Boys like three or four times all the way through. Well, the good stuff, like they're still like making it. But it's just, I tried to watch it, and I don't like it. So if I want to watch Trailer Park Boys, I just go back to the beginning, watch it again. So I've seen seven seasons of Trailer Park Boys in like four or five days. You're doing it right. You you watch you watch the original setup to the movie, and then stop. I've watched the Netflix stuff. It's, eh. Well, some bad, of it's but... okay. Like, seasons one through six, and then there's the movie. And then after mm-hmm. that, I was like, I still kind of want to watch it. I like season seven and eight. That's like the first couple seasons of the Netflix stuff before they fucked it all up. Season mm-hmm. seven is the one where they have to um, sell weed to Sebastian Bach, but they have to get it over the U.S. border. So they oh, build... Okay. They that's, build, they that's build the funny. train that goes under the river into the United States. <laughs> yeah, they end up in the middle of the river and they're fighting between uh, which jurisdiction yeah, it's, they're it's in. It's like the DEA, the FBI, the Mounties, and the park rangers are all there. The Canadian park Wait, rangers see, are, are on the same level as the it's, fucking... It's still good. It's still good at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, but that's but true. I, I fucking love Trailer Park Boys. It's... I. I, I... <laughs> Like I said, like oh, I, I got Seven Samurai. I gotta try to watch it like once every year or every other year for the rest of my life. It's so good. I Trailer Park Boys is also something I'm going to watch again <laughs> and again for the rest of my life. I love this show. It's so stupid. I love it to death. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just what the doctor ordered. <laughs> it kind of balanced out some of my real life nonsense. Um, and then also I watched. Uh, I got up at dumb hours in the morning and watched practice qualifying the sprint shootout, the sprint race, and the actual race of the Azerbaijan. Grand Prix, and uh, it kind of sucks. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but it was kind of a boring race, and I do not like that sprint shootout sprint thing they got going on. They're going to do it like four more times this year, and one of them is at Circuit of the Americas, which sucks because I really like that track, but eh, I, it's, it's okay. And then the race, um, it, it's uh, the race has a lot in common with um, uh, like a lot of other street circuit tracks where it's really narrow, like um, uh, I'm blanking. Oh, whatever. It, there's not a lot of passing on that track. That's kind of what makes it a little boring. Whatever. But uh, then I also watched the Miami Grand Prix, and it did a lot better. Like it's it still wasn't the most thrilling race of the season so far. But I don't know. Maybe so. Uh, you guys, Zach watched the entire thing with me because he's a trooper, and then Chaz watched like the last like third to half i can't remember what like yeah i got there halfway through i was busy humiliating children in cardboard fantasy games. i thought you were teaching them or something humiliating teaching I, they were learning something okay uh, they, were, they were learning shame <laughs> but yeah no, it, was, it was good I, I was gonna say you were among good company so the miami gp was a lot of fun so. yeah no it, it was fun to watch just because i had i actually got friends to watch it with me for a change and uh I, I, honestly it was just kind of a better race for the most part apparently last year it, it like sucked out loud i didn't watch it last year but that's <laughs> its reputation is it sucked so i'm glad this one was at least okay there was a lot of really good racing but there wasn't like any dramatic crashes or anything it's just there's a lot of overtakes and that's what i like yep. other than that that's it. That's it. I watched a fuckload of F one stuff and a fuckload of Trailer Park Boys, and also I played a robot game. <laughs> <laughs> Robots are fucking piss jokes. That's right. <laughs> oh, right, you fuck. can't just be firing off piss jugs all over the park. Let <laughs> the liquor do the talking, Randy. <laughs> Randy, I am 
the liquor. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Jim Leahy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I have a long ass list of shit I did. Um, I don't know how I had like the time to do all of this, but apparently yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm like, I work at a shoe store and you're a doctor and you somehow you play more games than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the secret the is key, the key is to not do your job very hard. <laughs> the, the key is amphetamines, and you just don't sleep. So <laughs> sleep four hours a fucking day. You just have that much more time to do shit. Uh, but uh, and what's funny too is I'm also in the process of things, and I can announce that I, of course, I've turned in my resignation at my job. I was like, fuck it, yeah. So they they don't believe me now. But uh, <laughs> I am closing on a house tomorrow, so it's exciting stuff. But anyway, there's been a lot of chaos, but somehow I still found time to do all this shit. So uh, we'll be kind of quick. I'll just blaze through some of these things. Uh, I I couldn't remember if I'd done this or not. I know I'd mentioned on the first time I, I was playing RE3. I have finished RE3 cool. uh, remake. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I It was short. There were things that I'd missed that I didn't get. Like the not getting to the clock tower kind of stinks. But Everybody I get it. Agrees. Yeah. Yeah, but I get it. Yeah. No, the game was a blast, though. I I enjoyed it. Um, you like that big fucking gun you put it in the fucking mouth? <laughs> and the fucking yeah. giant ass laser cheese. Stop right. done. Holy a laser shit! In that game? Uh, yeah. Uh, you 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 basically throat fuck Nemesis with a giant laser gun. It is yeah crazy. Some of the stuff is so over the top for that, and I love that they stick to that. Instead of Nemesis, like in the original game, where he's like there, you have the few encounters, and then he like has the mutation, and then he has the stuff at the end. But this one, like right away, you cause him to start mutating pretty early on, and you just keep doing it, and you think you kill him, and then he comes back, and you're like, "Fuck, he's even uglier." And by that point, he's just he's the size of an entire room, and you have to fucking put a laser in his mouth and blow his ass up it's fucking hilarious how did you uh, like the uh the reworked hospital and the uh the lab in place of the weird water treatment facility or whatever the fuck that was um well i was not a big fan of uh the uh sewer water treatment stuff in the in the other game i thought it was like it it was one of those things that always felt like it was just busy work of, oh, well, I guess I'll just go back and forth. There's a lot of, like, monotonous puzzle shit in that. That's not, it's the, it's the unfun puzzle. Like, it's not anything to think about. It's just, I have to run back and forth and do dumb shit. And then, uh, I just wasn't always ever a fan of, like, sewer monster nonsense. Uh, so I, I like the change there. The clock tower is really the biggest thing I missed. Like, and it's, and it sounded like that was just a general consensus. I thought the hospital was fine, especially like narratively speaking, it's a lot smoother than the original game, like how it plays out. Yeah. And uh, I really like the the fight at the end when you have to uh, like just fight off the horde of zombies and and survive the night with Carlos. That was really cool. Um, fuck the the hunters, by the way. Like, <laughs> fuck them. They, uh, I finally figured out how to like really just give it to them and just and like make it very easy. And that that was nice. But uh, but yeah, at first it was a bit of a struggle. I was getting my ass kicked a few times. But just uh, imagine, just imagine the part where you in the laboratory where you had to go like that long hallway of all the hunters in the fucking uh, case and shit. I had one grenade and like ten. 
uh, <laughs> magnum rounds or whatever, like a high powered mm-hmm. pistol. And <laughs> I don't know how I fucking beat the hunters, but I just kept them like circling around and just bang, shoot them in the head and like run away. Bang. I fucking hated that part. And then I hated yeah. the hospital part where like you go in that one hospital room with like four fucking hunters in there and i had to like keep on throwing grenades and then like run out of the room because i don't have any pistol rounds or ammo (laughs) yeah i managed to have a fuck ton of flash grenades by the time i got to this point like i just hoarded them knowing that the hunter stuff was going to be a thing and i remembered vaguely like that's a thing so i just hoarded flash grenades and then was like okay well when i get there that's how you stun them and yeah that's how i got through that it's like fuck this just throw grenades repeatedly um and which i guess the grenades were different in this too right weren't there weren't there more or different types of grenades in this one that were uh different than the other or am i mixing re4 remake up now? i think you're mixing re4 oh, yeah re4 is the one that had incendiary in the original in the remake they had the heavy grenade right wasn't yeah. that the new change? Okay, so I, I am mixing the two up, but uh, nevertheless, game. I thought the game was a lot of fun. I think it got a lot of undeserved flack. It is short, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I, I can't. Complain. It's still, it's still the B team. Like you could obviously see the quality b- between what RE2 remake and RE4 remake from the A team compared mm-hmm. to what the third one. But th- I still had fun. Uh, playing mm-hmm. the third one is just uh, again the clock the clock tower wasn't there and that yeah. hurt, hurts it a little bit i think it's it's a fair criticism for some of the things they could have done it doesn't hold the same level so i, I would agree with that it's it's a fun play um slight disappointment because as a kid that was my favorite uh entry in the series but uh yeah it's not a masterpiece did you play village uh, no, so here, funny thing you say that. I have done this twice now. I have played up to the point where you have to survive in the the, the entrance of the village, where like you get attacked, and then the old lady's like, "I'll oh, come in here." And then apparently the game's supposed to get a lot easier after that. Like it's intentionally supposed to be really hard right then and there to survive, and then it's just kind of a lot easier. Yeah. Both times I have stopped there and not come back to the game. I have no reason for that. Like it's not that I didn't like it. I just had other shit come up. But I, I still need to go back and finish it. Well, what I was going to say is, like, after playing Resident Evil 3, play Village, because Chris Redfield voice is voiced by the guy who played Carlos. So every time I hear Chris, Chris Redfield in Village, I go, that's fucking Carlos. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Yeah. It's okay. weird, yeah. <laughs> that is strange. Wait, you're a different person. Uh, uh, but uh, amongst that... Uh, I, I'll come back to the other thing I've played because it's related to the something I watched. Uh, played a little Overwatch 2, but not not a whole lot. Uh, it's kind of died down because the buddies I had playing have now moved back on to WoW, but uh, whatever. Oh. Um, played a little bit of Dragon Ball Fighters. I was going to try to play in an event and go beat some scrubs up in a tournament, but they ended up just like saying, no, nah, we're cool. We're just going to play Smash Brothers instead. They were scared. So like, they were not scared a fighting game. So, uh, yeah, unfortunate. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot another thing to add. I've since played the demo to Street Fighter VI. Uh, that game is clean as fuck. Mm-hmm. I am so psyched for this game. The story stuff's kind of silly, but the actual gameplay is fucking awesome. I, I cannot wait to get my hands on that roster. Uh, mm. 
the game the game looks so clean. Uh, and I, I'm actually a big fan of the the new mechanics they've added uh, with dri- the drive impact and having the parry. Like I know some people were concerned. Zach and I talked about how there's a concern about how that's that could maybe do a couple things. I've I've heard some other guys talk too about how on the pro level, they're worried about how that's going to affect games because there's going to be a little more RNG, like people just saving a bar and then just blow. But I don't think necessarily like there's strategy behind that too. I mean, hell, well, there are some competitive fighting games where it's literally, you just have to master defense. Otherwise, if you just miss a, a read on a block, your character's done. Like your character's knocked out because the combo can be a touch of death. That's, that's how Dragon Ball works. But, uh, Anyway, I'm excited for it. The story mode's ridiculous. The character creation details are at, people are making some absolutely absurd things. I I wish I would have gotten a picture of my character that I made. It looked like Android 19 from Dragon Ball, but with like big breasts and uh, and also you get to keep it a little bit of Chungus. Yeah, you get to keep it. You can import your character from the demo. Okay, he said, I wish I had got a picture of it. I just wondered. Oh, I just hadn't, like, logged back in to take a picture to show it. I I need to share it with you guys. I'll have to just do that sometime. But, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Um, Open beta is coming up soon, by the way. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited to to try that. Again, just getting to use more than just the two characters they give you. But it was definitely enough for me to be like, oh, this is is great. Um, So I went to... Uh, an art show in uh, Columbus. They're having this. It's an interactive animation art show where basically they show Disney animations that have happened over the years, but the the art is like you're in a room and the art is actually interactive. Like there's things happening. Like for instance, the projections on the floor move and change based on you walking around on them. So it's mostly for kids. It, it was kind of fun um, to watch. But, you know, my daughter played around and did that, but they also had some really cool art, like just original uh, works and uh, sketches of early characters they tried to create and some stories behind it. So it was kind of neat to see. And within that, there was a uh, in their um, merchandise at the end in the gift shop, they had a book of uh, like the original Donald Duck comics printed back out in like a storybook form. So, Evie really wanted it, so we bought it, and we've been reading those. It's really cool. Uh, they're like this really old, like comics from forever ago, and they're like even in like older animation. And it's got him. If a lot of them are just on his own, but then there's uh, him and like Chip and Dale, uh, and then there's him and Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and they're they're all kind of playing out some of those older like cartoon episodes that they had like from way back when. I don't even know how, what the age is, but it, it's really neat. Um, I already kind of brought it up. I watched Magnificent Seven. I'll just leave that where it is. We talked about the Miami GP. Um, been watching more Animal Control, the comedy show with my wife. It's it's all right. <laughs> it's <laughs> no trailer park, boys. It's it's it is not even on the same stratosphere. It, yeah, but it's fine. Uh, uh, Sorry to interrupt, but my comfort fucking watching like the Funyuns of TV is fucking Reno nine one one. I fucking love that show. Oh yeah, I forgot that, about that. That show. is a good yeah, Funyun. Right. I, so, uh, I'm actually good. in that passive mode of things, and the two shows that I like to really jump back into and watch over and over like that are Trailer Park Boys, which I was considering, um, but I normally watch it on Netflix, and I don't have Netflix anymore, so I got to figure that out. Um, but I'm sure I can honestly at this point I might just buy I might just buy the trailer park boys seasons. I don't know. 
Um, the other is uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Fuck, that's what I was about to say. It's always sunny in Trailer Park Boys. There's some my yeah. yeah, my uh, X Files, so I don't know. Yeah, it's always sunny. Actually, <laughs> landed me. Uh, I play Wordle every day. I just I never bring that up anyway. I've been like on a hundred day streak or something since I started. I've never lost a game yet. But I got my first one where you get the, on the first guess, and I'm I'm shameful. I didn't get it on my own. It, I cheated, but it was by accident. I got on Reddit, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Came up, and it's the Wordle of the day, and it was a picture of Charlie when he smiles after saying the word ghouls. So I just knew what the word was. <laughs> Ghouls. Those little green guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I, I got it. And I was like, eh, whatever. Right? It's fine. I knew the reference, so it was whatever. Um, uh, I watched WWE Backlash, which we should talk about on Thursday. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get there. Uh, watch just an awesome-ass uh, a shared main event. Ba- Bad Bunny basically being like, Jesus Christ, that man was like Hulk Hogan in Puerto Rico. That pop mm. was so fucking loud. It was so cool to hear. Um, I started Chainsaw Man. I watched the first two episodes. What a fucking trip. Have I, any of you watched Chainsaw Man? I, I was thinking about it, but I haven't seen it. I got the manga. But yeah, wow. Mm. It is It is some crazy shit. And it's kind of funny, too, because it's so brutal and what's going on with the world that's there and like all these violent kills, but the character is just so simplistic. He's just like, I just want to be able to enjoy toast and jam, and and I really want to touch some boobs. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like it's like Berserk if like that. they had acid and fucking shrooms and chainsaws as heads, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, no, yeah, he's so simple. <laughs> like, I totally get this guy's vibe. It's like, you know what? I really do. I also just want to eat toast and and live a simple life and, and touch boobs. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, I don't have to like turn into a chainsaw devil. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been fun so far. Very over the top. I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, uh, let's see. So the last thing I say at the end, um, I think I was the last one to do this, but I have now finished season one of The Last of Us. And after doing so, I have then started The Last of Us Part One, the game. I played the original. Honestly, I didn't even remember a lot of it. But watching the show and stuff, Suzanne's asking me all these things like, oh, was this and that? Or was... And half of the time I felt like I couldn't even tell her. I was like, I, I think this was maybe not. Because they, they did change a lot of stuff. That's just how shows work. So I decided to play the newest version of it on PS5. And mm-hmm. I'm a decent bit uh, into it. I'm, I've effectively gotten to where you meet with Bill and you have to uh, get the stuff to get a car going. So I've still got a ways to go. But, um, I mean, obviously that's different in the game than it is in the show. Um, yeah. But, uh I know we were waiting to kind of talk about it. Has everyone now watched all of the Andy season did. one? Andy, have you watched it? No, I didn't play the game. Oh, okay. Well, was, we, we kind of agreed or discussed we were going to wait, and then when we all watched it, we'd eventually talk about what we thought of the show. I can always hold off my, my thoughts. No, more don't, detail, don't, but... don't do it on my account. <clears throat> I mean, you guys well, can always do a now anything. Play. We haven't done one of those in a while. Well, I don't want to spoil anything about the, the show. I, the are, I know it is. Well, you know the main points, but there are big things that happen in the show that aren't in the game. Um, and that, like, again, Bill's character is, like, that whole story plays out differently. Well, uh, yeah, I, I had that spoiled for me by, like, all media. Man, yeah. every angry white male that watched it. No, I'm just kidding, but uh, I, I, okay, I stand alone. I'll go ahead and say it. That episode is really good. I liked it, but it's out of place. So I, I get the criticism for it. But then I think what happens is people 
end up thinking, oh, well, you're just like, you're just really upset that it's about this or that. And they're using it to, um, not you're like just virtue chase. Yeah. yeah I, you're just a bigot. Yeah. It's just virtue chasing. Like the, it's a, it's like, listen, I, I, it has nothing to do with that. Like the episode of standalone is, is good, but it has nothing to do narratively with the overarching story other than just trying to make you feel more depressed about the end of the world. <laughs> or post-apocalyptic world. It's just fucking Oscar bait. Yeah, it, off shit. It, if there was more episodes in the season, yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, fucking amazing episode. If you guys want to talk about it and spoil it, go for it because this dog needs to go out. So I'll be right back anyway. Oh, oh they, well, there we go. Perfect. They they took like my main thing is like since there was like nine episodes, I'm like, there's so much other world building that you could do. Like I get it. It's if there was like twenty episodes, I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, do a Bill and Frank one," because I think that would be fine. But we had a whole episode of them together, and I'm like, the main reason why I'm coming to the show is to see Joel and Ellie, not to see Bill and Frank. Right. Well, uh, here, here's the thing, a, and I can yeah. I can even get that it's like there's an argument for it. Uh, well, hold on, before I get into that, what were you gonna say, Zach? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say like that fucking other character Frank was just like I think he was mentioned in like a document or some shit you find in the game. Yeah, the letter. He the is. But yeah. like uh I was going to say I, I, this thought just occurred to me. That whole thing with them pumping that up and having that whole episode I feel like really undermined the the story they had with Ellie and her friend in her flashback. Mm-hmm. It kind of stole thunder from like cuz that was originally the oh my god the big LGBT uh, moment in the game in its story yeah it was yeah. dlc but still but it's because it, it actually is played out versus you just subtly discover the stuff about bill also bill's character is so different like yeah. Bill's character in the game is so different than it is in the the show because bill has is just the way he is but then had someone to love but then lost them and then became really bitter and is even more crazy than he was. They played it out like that person saved him from it, and then you know yeah. all the other stuff happened. But I will say this: standalone for whatever it is, if you take it as its own isolated piece of work, that, that is a beautiful episode. The ending of it, like toward the end, before you get to the revelation of what happens, I I, I had a tear in my eye. It, it is a good episode, but it's not the perfect thing that's ever been out there. And I agree, like you said, Oscar bait kind of feels like what it was. It's it's good, but it's almost like watching a short story that has no, like it's again it's just separate from what's there. I think it's uh, maybe there's some weight to it, but the thing too is your other characters don't know about the, the things that are happening there. It's not related to them, so it doesn't have any effect on them. It's just there to be there. Yeah. Uh, so that that's the only gripe I have about it. Um, it again, it has no impact on the, the actual story because again, you just experience something that they have no information about. They never will. All they have is that, that letter that's there. Um, that truck. That sweet truck. Yeah, oh, that sweet-ass fucking truck, right? That <laughs> fucking bright-ass blue Chevy. Yeah. That, that, Chevy S10. Fucking yep. deal. And then yeah. in the game, Frank fucking hangs himself because he doesn't want to be around Bill anymore. <laughs> yeah, the game is so much more depressing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's actually that they love each other, but then their, their love falls apart. And... Uh, it's not that it's, it's whole totally different. And then he's bitter about it. Like Bill is bitter and even weirder. Uh, 
when you meet him. It, it just it, it plays out differently, but I think it's better for TV in terms of 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 like what could have been a good story. It's just they didn't tie it into the characters. Like it would have made more difference if they would have met them, and then in the impact of things, it would have played out a different way. Like, could you imagine like how if they would have done that, where he woke up and decided that was his day, and that happened to be the day they showed up. And they yeah. kind of like just made it work and tied in, and they're like, "Well, we got yeah, we'll help, but we got this other stuff." And then they woke up the next day to leave, and that was it. Like that would, like that, it would make more sense at least. It would be tied in; it's relevant. But again, it's just this weird thing of it's like stories that are happening separately from your characters knowing about it. But I don't know; it's mixed. I and again, like we were talking, it's people are gonna be mad about it. Like if they're going to stand for it because it's, it's for this or that. But again, like how many people have seen that episode and have no idea what is in the game and know, well, that's not even remotely close to the story of the game. They changed it entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the episode with, um, Oh, guy and his brother, uh, oh, Henry, and Sam. Henry and Sam, uh, heartbreaking. Uh, of course, uh, the ending of the show is so good. Uh, I, 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 there, there are weird dips. Like it was the, I enjoyed it overall, but there are weird dips, uh, in it, uh, the episode where they, they go to the town and the, uh, the preacher, mm. uh, ugh, that's, ugh. yeah, and it's like, and we go to eat this human soup. Eat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, okay. Just, yeah. You, you cannibals. Like it was pretty clear. Like, you cannibals. And Troy Baker uh, sucks at fucking acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the true revelation. It's like you need oh. another job. Uh, but yeah. uh, but I, it, the ending felt kind of rushed. But I get why. It's because they well you didn't have any more episodes because you wasted your episode on that episode three and that's what kind of sucks is like really important parts of the story feel rushed because they spent so much time on other stuff that they maybe didn't need to so then you just glopped all the stuff at the end i was like that needs to be a little more fleshed out like there needs to be more about about what happens when she gets there and, and everything but you still get the cool really cool sequence where he he saves her uh at the end and they go through what happens when they they leave town and stuff um Jackson looks fucking amazing. That set looks fucking cool. Oh yeah, like the Western town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really cool. I I agree. So I don't know. I I enjoyed it. Again, I agree. It's not the best thing I've ever watched. Far from it. I'd, I'd rather watch any given day. I'd rather watch Trailer Park Boys. But I think it, I, it was, <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed yeah. it. That's right. That's right. Me too. I, uh, me too. I, think, I think if I would never played the game, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. But since I played the game, I'm like, ah, I know where this is going every mm-hmm. time. Like every episode, I'm like, oh, this is where the where it's going to end. And I I was usually right of where it was going to end, too. What's kind of funny about it is especially for an HBO series, because a lot of times the two things they don't hold back on nowadays are they will be extra edgy and dark and they will be extra sexual. Like the two things that HBO is just like known for, they're gonna make a series. I felt like they kind of toned the game or the the show down. PG thirteen. You know it is. It is. Well, I mean, it's still like a, a mature show, but I just mean in terms of like how dark the actual content is. The the content is so much darker in the game. 
I mean, for we were just talking about it. I mean, again, Bill and Frank, like that, like the things that actually happen in the game feel so much darker. I mean, they hit like the biggest points, and like there's still weight to it. It's still heavy, and and maybe those changes for the better. Maybe it wouldn't have been uh, a, a smooth of a writing. I, I don't know. I I felt like some of those changes were made intentionally to to make it not feel so so much like it's like. I don't know. I feel like it may have been a struggle to get through watching because it was just too heavy um, or too dark. Uh, maybe that's the difference. Like watching it would be different versus, you know, playing it. And maybe that was done intentionally to pull more of a wider audience. I don't know. But uh, my yeah, favorite, I, my favorite part of Twitter on the last episode is they were trying to find out if there was a cameo of Abby in the background. You're like, Oh, look that, that one woman that looks like, you know, buffed up, she might be Abby. And like, uh, Neil Druckmann is like, no. <laughs> yeah, as Alright says, no, you've not no. seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're waiting for that. I'm really excited to see how they're going to do that because it sounds like they're going to flush things out in multiple seasons. So I'm guessing they're going to make. I hope Brock Lesnar sign- is Abby. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to make up? a significant uh, portion of of season two about the more of the beginning of the game. So trying to be spoiler-friendly spoiler for those that are listening that haven't played The Last of Us 2. Uh, and then let that be the cliffhanger before they go to Season 3, uh, which probably be better than how they did it in the game. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I The way the story plays out in the game, for like timing-wise and stuff, from what I've heard... I mean, I, I would be fine with it. I mean, I guess context is different if I had to play it all and see, but because uh, I haven't played the second one yet. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm well aware of what happens. I, it's been spoiled for me ad nauseum, so I don't have to worry about that. Keep that nine iron away. <laughs> I just know how pissed people are about how that. Talking about went. Last of Us or Body Shock? Both. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would you kindly? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I, so many people reacted so negatively to that game, but I think they missed the point. That's the other thing of it too. I'm not saying it's right. Like I'm not saying they they nailed it with part two in terms of how that story plays out. And I'd like to see it for myself first. But I I've at least heard the defense of why it was done that way or what they're trying to reach, and it makes sense. Like you're still trying to teach people about the cycles of violence like we we over glorify revenge killing versus the whole point is trying to find ways to break these cycles so that you make peace because you getting revenge only leads to another person needing to seek their own that's kind of the point but you know i won't get too much more into it i've tied up much enough time of my i'll just say this if someone murdered my dad I'm fucking killing them. <laughs> like, I under, like I understand what Neil Druckmann was. I played it a second time. Like the first time I played it, I was fucking like, this shit sucks. Uh, but like when I played it a second time, I'm like, I get the theme. Yeah. But 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 I would it's still. Like, but it feels like a cop out when you make like four Uncharted games where you murder hundreds of people in each one. Mm-hmm. To steal shit. To oh, yeah, the dog. cognitive dissonance is definitely there. That, that's like the whole joke, too, right? Like, Naughty Dog is, like, self-aware with, their, like, their achievements of knowing how many thousands of people Nathan Drake has killed for the sake of treasure hunting. They had a Yeah. Yeah. 
What happened uh, to Crash Bandicoot? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, give, give me my Wampa fruit, goddammit. Who uh, was killed by Nathan Drake? Nathan Drake was like, okay. Golden Aku Mask. Bang, bang, bang. It's mine now. This belongs oh, in a great. museum. So do you. Dollars. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm. Zach, have you played Last of Us Part 2? No, I I was probably going going to try to at some point. My my plan is to to do the run. I'm going to play this and then I'm going to immediately jump into part two. That's what I've decided my, in my gaming. You guys play that game. I actually want to have a podcast about it because I'll play it a third time and uh, oh, a third time. I'm yeah. done for a mini series. We can we yeah. can do this. Yeah. The last of y'all. There's your name. The last of y'all, y'all. y'all podcast. <laughs> and and Andy, if you want to join on the Last of Us Part Two, you're welcome to. No uh, but yeah, um, and I'll, I'll save my, my my stuff for the game itself, of course, now that we're talking about that. But I'm playing it. That's where we're at. So I've taken up enough time. Zach, feel free to fill in. I really hope you say I ain't done shit. <laughs> It'd be kind of <laughs> funny. But... Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll start with the F1 thing. We watched F1 uh, Miami uh, Sunday. Race yeah. cars. Woo! I, I haven't watched an F1 race in a, in several years. Uh, it was cool. Uh, it was a little disappointing. I can I. It's disappointing because I know how this whole fucking season is going to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of rebel. It's something that kind like I get it. That's part of the appeal of F1 is how the cars can be different. It's also a double edged sword in this case where it cut the wrong way. Somebody like it, build a better fucking car. <laughs> you can't, you can't build a better car for this season. You have to wait till the next one. They're allowed to make minor changes. A lot of cars turned up to Azerbaijan with brand new, I guess they just say floor. It's like the bottom of the car and the way it deals with air. And it helped Ferrari some, but uh, I mean, fucking Red Bull's just so fucking no, dominant. Like you'd need a goddamn jet fighter. No minor change is going to fucking close the gap. It looks like to me. Yeah, I mean, see, people just kind of hope they're gonna have technical issues or like fucking crash into each other or something. Like, it's the only chance. <laughs> that's that's, what's why, cool. that's why you gotta root for Alonzo. Come on, Alonzo, get that's, third. <laughs> that's what's that's what's cool about NASCAR or ARCA or, or something. Uh, where all the cars are the same for the most part, but uh, yeah, uh, still, I, I found things to to like or be interested in about it. It was it was neat. Um, I watched a bunch of movies actually. Uh, for once, uh, I usually don't watch fuck tons of movies unless it's like you know September, October. But <laughs> uh, I watched uh, uh, Austin Powers: International Man of Mystery. Hell yeah! That's I have a good one to revisit. I haven't watched those movies in a really long time, and I, I bought like the three, all three of them at like Walmart in a bin for like ten dollars. <laughs> so it's like. Fuck yeah, I'll watch all these movies again for $10. I haven't seen them since they were new, actually. They're uh, fun ones to revisit. I feel like, you know, I saw it when I was, like, not a kid, but, like, a teenager. We were teenagers when it came out. Yeah, you know? and, you know, I got most of it. But now, as an adult, there's a few extra things in there for me that I was like, oh, this is funny, too. Like, I, I understand more now. But, yeah, they were yeah. on Netflix a couple years ago, and I had the same, like, you know, realization watching them all it's good again. when you watch a movie and you get more than the fart and the dick jokes right yeah, yeah i have like more appreciation <laughs> for all the humor uh 
especially because like now all my the bondness I'm into. <laughs> right. Uh, but like uh it's still it's real, honestly it's pretty funny and generally I'm picky about comedy movies like I've said several times in the show. Uh but I actually had a lot of fun watching it and uh Elizabeth Hurley, who <laughs> she can get it and then like I was I was looking her up because uh, she still does stuff occasionally and it's like she's 57 years old and she's still pretty much that good looking I don't know how what's she in now that. uh she's like uh she's been doing some stuff in TV shows uh, uh-huh. lately not really movies anymore but I think she's just said she's done acting because like after COVID and stuff and she's basically like had to stay home for like a year or so. She's like, you know what? I think I'm done with this. I like she's, just, <laughs> she's just like, uh, I'm going to just go to do my swimwear line. I'm just going to just post hot pictures of myself. That's all. Jesus <laughs> Christ. She is still gorgeous. I oh, told you. See, it's fucking weird. Yeah. I was like, that's an old picture of her, right? Nope. That is this nope. year. Holy that's her, shit. That's uh, yeah. her right now. I'd still hit it. <laughs> uh, good movie. Uh, Let's see, uh, I also watched uh, Dracula Has Risen from His Grave. Um, that's because I'm doing this thing where I'm trying to watch all my uh, physical movies I haven't gotten around to watching yet. So that's where some of this comes from. Uh, it's pretty good for a, a Hammer Horror. It's, it's, uh, I've watched three of the Hammer Dracula so far. It's the weakest one, but it's still cool. Uh, I don't. It's got more of Dracula like mind controlling people and getting them to like fucking do his bidding and shit, which is something they didn't really explore that much in the previous two. I mean, the second movie doesn't even have Dracula in it, actually. It's just got people that are are Draculas in it. <laughs> so, you might you might like Salem's a lot, um, the movie. Um, it's a Stephen King book. It's about like Dracula fucking coming to the modern times and living in a town. Oh, it's one of those, huh? Yeah, but it's really good. Yeah, we'll see. not not your typical Draculas. <laughs> it just makes me think of uh, early from Squidbillies. If you've ever watched it, that's another Funyun. That's a Funyuns cartoon right there. Uh, but he doesn't call vampires vampires. He calls them Draculas. <laughs> how you yeah. got them Draculas down here in my swamp? The coolest, the coolest <laughs> thing about this uh, this one, Dracula is risen from his grave, is like in the beginning of it. There's like, uh, there's like they're in a church or something. And there's like some boy sweeping the floor with like shitty broom. And then like, there's this drip sound. You see something drip from the ceiling. Like, what the fuck? And then he like goes and looks and, like the rope for the bell of the church has hammer blood dripping down it. <laughs> He's like, what? And then he looks up there and you hear, you hear, and he fucking runs down the staircase. And then like the priest of the church goes up there and there's like a dead body hanging from the bell or some shit. Neat. Oh my God, he's back! Uh, like they, they say, he's back. And some uh, higher up priest in like the echelon of the Catholic Church shows up, and he's like, "Why is nobody in the church?" And he's like, "Because Dr- Dracula's uh, fucking curse looms." It's kind of like, kind of reminds me of Simon's Quest. Like after he kills Dracula, and the castle is still there, and it's like, well, he killed him, but his fucking taint. It resides still in, in destroy land. his remains or yeah. whatever. It kind of reminded me of that, and that might be where they got that from. Because uh, that guy uh, takes the priest from the local church, they climb up the mountain to uh, Dracula's castle, and he takes the big gold cross from the church in it with him. And the 
door to the castle is like all chained up with these giant fucking chains and everything, like no bars entry from it. Uh, he takes the gold cross and fucking shoves it in the chains, this big opulent gold cross. And he starts doing a prayer and then like a fucking thunderstorm starts and fucking lightning strikes the cross and shit. It's awesome. Neat. <laughs> it's, it's cool. Uh, but yeah, other than that, the, the, the other the real quick cool thing I can say about it is uh, Dracula comes back because something happens at that scene and uh, he mind controls the other, the local priest. So he has a priest. He's overpowered with his Dracula powers to do his bidding. It's kind of interesting. Um, hmm. I watched uh, uh, Evil Dead Rises. Rise. I keep saying Rises. I don't know why. Uh, it's the new Evil Dead movie just came out. It was I, good. I heard it's good. Yeah, it is good. Uh, go see it if you uh, can. I disagree that they want to make it into a franchise movie where you watch it every fucking three years, though. But is that what they're doing? Yeah, they they want to make it into a franchise. Who's they? Bruce Campbell and and crew. Wrong. Those jerks. No, I mean, no. Sam Raimi's part of this process. I, mean, I was going to say, is Sam Raimi still, still in yeah. it? Yeah. He's a producer. Good. I mean, if Sam Raimi wants... Let Sam Raimi do something. He, did, he hasn't done anything in several years. Uh, so, I say it's fine. And if they're going to be good, fine. As long as they stay good, who cares? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it was good though. I don't want to get too much into it. Uh, it's not as campy as previous entries. Some people split in this series on that. They like the camp. Uh, they like more. I think. I think most people like it for it to be more campy. Uh, I like the uh, Evil Dead in 2013. That was a good movie. I did too. People are split about that one too. I uh, I like the camp. It kind of differentiates it from other horror movies. Yeah, yeah. this still has some a couple elements of camp in it or things that are like, whoa, well, really that happened like that, something like that. But, uh, then I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't know where, how I actually feel about this compared to the rest of them. Cause it's been so long. So I'm going to start watching the old ones. And I did that. I watched the first one. And I, I remember feeling like, eh, that one was just okay for some reason. And after I was done with it, I was like, well, that one was good. <laughs> the first evil dead is pretty good. Uh, but other than that, oh, I watched a bunch of, well, not a bunch. I had been watching a bunch of videos from wrestling bios on YouTube, but uh, he started doing these videos where he's telling, he's putting stuff into chat G, uh, GPT to tell, ask him, like, how would you book this to fix it? Like something that happened in real life that was a clusterfuck or something. And <laughs> the, the results are usually pretty interesting, actually. Like, uh, the, the first one he did was like, uh, can book a, a WWF versus WCW pay per view in 1998 with all the realistic parameters and everything, uh, be as detailed as possible in the booking of the entire show. <laughs> and it was actually pretty good. <laughs> I gotta check that out. Uh, he, he even does like little simulations and like the, the newest video game on the side as he's talking about the match. Mm. So it's it's kind of cool the way he lays it out. But the second one he just did, which he uploaded today, was uh, fixing like five uh, WCW booking blunders or whatever you want to call it. And it's stuff like, you know, the NWO lasted too long. Uh, rebook that to where it ends properly 
and doesn't drive the fucking company into the ground. Yeah, I mean, it also just became like a, hey, you do you want in our club? All right. And it yeah. got so big that they had to split it into two different factions. Like, that's that's when you know it's a problem, when your faction has to split up into two Three many factions. factions and, <laughs> and then people are making parody factions of it. And basically everyone in the company is in one of those factions, and that's it. Yep. Yeah, you might have fucked up. The moment Ted DiBiase joined the NWO is when it was too big. But uh, damn, <laughs> the billion is. dollar disaster. No, set yeah. multi million dollar disaster. But uh, I won't get there. But yeah, he, he did that. Uh, he did another one. Bret Hart's WCW debut and like what like his they, they fucked that up too uh, tremendously. Uh, it was a lot different. It was a lot better. And what's sad about that is a fucking AI did this, not not a person. <laughs> And it, that's that's see that's it's that's the funny thing about booking for wrestling is it's not rocket science, but for some reason people still fuck it up. It's so easy a robot could do it. A robot. Well, I, mean, I think it's probably easy to sit down and do it, but there's probably like people who are like, well, my contract says this, and I got to be able to do that, and yeah, there's politics. all this money, exactly. and the sponsors want this, and they're not going to book well, commercials unless you do this other horse shit. Oh, yeah, to some, I'm sure to some extent, you are correct about that, but to the other extent is. They dug their own hole with that. They didn't have to do that, but they made that that hole that buried them. They made their bed and then they lied in it. Exactly. The grave, uh, brother. But you didn't have to, you know, sign the biggest free agent in 1997 uh, for like a three million dollar a year deal and fucking have him get lost in the shuffle somehow. <laughs> well, let me tell you something uh, about Bill Goldberg. Yeah, he did do, do those amazing promos. Uh, the best one, though, was the uh, Blood Runs Cold storyline, which had Glacier in it. You know, the guy that was like a, like a Mortal Kombat character? They had a whole storyline with him and Mortis and other shit, and th- it was supposed to be more to it, but they were like, nah, we don't have time for this, so they just kind of gave up on it. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there's a reason why that story died out. It, had, it actually was because... Uh, they were gonna get threatened for copyright infringement. Were they? Yeah, yeah. They they were directly given a cease and desist on those characters. And, oh, and they, okay. Because they, thought, they way out there, they just straight up just had that character that looked like uh, like they had basically every ninja. Uh, so well, yeah. But uh, the whole thing was like they came up with the the the. the AI came up with this whole idea that like they come from a secret society of warriors that have hated each other for centuries. He basically kind of ripped off certain elements of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Deeper into <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Yeah, what, what story would work? Oh yeah, the one we're already ripping off. <laughs> to the point where it's like they actually have powers and shit. Oh, that's and, pretty uh, funny. And this was the best part is like because he gave him the, the prompt is like you can include other characters or whatever if you want. So... It roped in Diamond Dallas Page and Chris Jericho <laughs> into the storyline. Oh, <laughs> they said Diamond Dallas Page used to have ties to the secret society, but he left. <laughs> and, Chris, <laughs> and Chris Jericho wanted to join the secret society. That so actually Diamond makes a lot of sense because he had all that whole conspiracy theory nonsense at that time. Oh, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was, it was pretty entertaining. There's like a couple others, but I don't want to spoil them. Uh, it was, it's a fun video, though. Um. Uh, and then like I watched Backlash uh, over the weekend and uh, this is where we'll uh, uh, bury the hatchet about this thing uh, 
I thought it was a decent show. I'm starting to feel like I'm in the minority about that uh, a little bit, but especially with the Bad Bunny match, everybody's like, that was so fucking fun. I'm like, it was okay. <laughs> a guy who's not a wrestler basically got his ass kicked for like 20 minutes until he injured Damian Priest's knee. <laughs> and then Carlito and Savio Vegas showed up and beat people up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> but he was also like this, like again, his his pop when he comes out is like comparable to like what Stone Cold would have gotten during the Attitude Era. Like it, it is re- legitimately one of the loudest pops they've is ever it, had on live TV. This, I mean, it was a really loud pop, yes, but... Yeah, you know I, everything out after that though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it was fun. I don't get me wrong; it's not the greatest match of all time. I, I thought the pay per view was fun. I think the problem a lot of times now with their their PLEs are that the bar's been set so low for them consistently doing just subpar stuff. Is that if a if a show is kind of good, everyone's like, "Oh, that was really great," because you're expecting it to kind of suck or just be mediocre. Yeah. And that's that's what I've noticed for a while. Ever since WrestleMania last year, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, this is really good." Because it was legitimately a good show ex- with Stone Cold making the return and all that. But then everyone also just has that feeling of, oh, well, we kind of expected it to be blah, but it wasn't blah. So it's much better than we realized. Uh, yeah. But I thought it was still fun. My my argument for talking about it in more detail was that, one, I actually think we're going to rag on the other thing longer than we realize. I don't think we are. And also, it, there's also that discussion of we can talk about other current things that are going on, like the World Championship stuff that's going to be uh, that's currently being played out, like the new belt and everything. Um, but also, I was also in fear of Super Brawl being even like a tenth as bad as ECW, and then that just means I'm going to shit on both shows. But at the same time, that show may be good. It, what's the main event on that card? Is it Sting Invader? It's something with Sting. <laughs> okay. I think. I think it's Sting, or not Sting and Vader. Um, Sting and Flair? I think it's Sting and Flair. It might be Sting and Flair. I'm going to look it up. It's Super Bowl Four, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, it's it's Ric Flair uh, versus Vader, um, main event. Oh. So, oh, it's Flare Vader. It's it's oh, it's the Thunder Cage match. The Thunder Cage, which the with the boss is a special referee. Oh, I'm not gonna lie, this card, this card looks weird. There's two Thunder Cage matches. Okay, Sting, Sting's in another Thunder Cage with Rick Rude. Okay, let's let's do Sue. Now that I'm looking at the this. We also get to cover a singles match with the Equalizer, and anytime I can talk about that, <laughs> that motherfucker and his bees, I'm down. So, yeah. Right. Getting some color is going to be ECW and Super Brawl 4. There and... we go. We did it. We solved it. See, okay. I knew we would. Oh, there's a DDP singles match. That's going to be pretty cool. Yes. Wow. I haven't seen right. him in a while. News yeah. wise, there is no news. Uh, for me, I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I because I don't want to talk about Phil Spencer. I'm disappointed on Redfall. I thought Redfall was gonna be good. It's probably gonna be good in the year though. But that yeah. game game shouldn't be fucking made like that. Best best review of that game ever. That game has no fangs. Best review I've ever had. <laughs> and that was literally all it said. It was four out of ten. This game has no fangs. <laughs> like, that was the best review. We're done. Uh, 
Andy, did you have any news? No, not really. There's just lots of silly little things I saw on the internet, but nothing big. I think we almost put Andy to sleep with all our wrestle talk. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we're going to end it here. Um, Andy, again, just say what the movie we're going to be talking about next week. Harakiri, Japanese, 1962. Watch it and then come back here and we will discuss it. Uh, follow us on all podcast services because we're there. We're also on YouTube. Um, getting some color is going to be this Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and as far as me streaming video games, I'll figure it out somehow. Uh, and content wise, I just I'm I'm I feel naked without my PC. This laptop is not strong enough. But until next time, guys, we will see you in the next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening. Bye. I have a question for God. Why? <laughs> 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 <laughs>